Americans are feeling the pinch of inflation just about everywhere. So we're looking for options to help offset high prices. For some people, that means gig work. NPR's Raquel Maria Dillon reports that has been an unexpected upside for companies like Uber and Lyft. Salvador Sahagún used to be a chef in Santa Rosa, California. After his taqueria closed, he started driving for Uber. And with the sign-up bonus, and, and I don't know if they... Uh, somehow know that you're new and they entice you to they give you better rides or somehow I was making I, could, I was making good money. The ride hailing apps were offering lots of incentives to sign on and pick up rides, like a bonus for doing three rides in a row or fifteen bucks extra for driving at busy times to cope with a driver shortage during the pandemic. Now, with prices rising and inflation at a forty year high, he says the money's not so good anymore. I remember going to the supermarket and buying my groceries, and I would spend uh, $100 a week. And now I have to spend $120 or $130 uh, for the same things. He's driving more now, 50 to 60 hours a week. Many people are struggling to make ends meet and looking for side hustles. That means more workers turning to Uber and Lyft. In Uber's latest earnings report, CEO Dara Khosrowshahi says there's a strong flow of new drivers signing up. Over 70 percent of them have said that inflation and what they're seeing right now in terms of the cost of groceries, the cost of living, plays a part in that decision for them to come onto the platform. With more drivers available, Uber and Lyft are cutting back on recruitment incentives. Here's Lyft co-founder John Zimmer on the company's latest earnings call. Total active drivers were the highest they've been in two years, and more than half of new driver acquisition in Q2 was organic. Organic means drivers are signing up for the platform without incentives, which means Lyft is saving money. Not so for many drivers, like Dustin Santos, who recently landed a full-time job at a Honda dealership in Berkeley. But he's still driving for Uber on his days off and on weekends just to make extra cash, though he has his limits. So I just don't like to drive after 10 o'clock on the weekends because that's when all the drunk people come out. <laughs> so It doesn't help that gas prices are so high. Uber offers a bonus to help with those gas prices, but it's only 50 cents a ride. Santos says that is insulting. Just keep your 50 cents. I don't even want it. It's kind of a joke for you to even say that. Like 50, because it doesn't matter if I'm going 50 miles or one mile. That's all I get is 50 cents. So it's just them trying to say that they're doing something when they're really not. He says it's rough for drivers lately. What he really wants is more rides and a bigger cut of the fare, or more options to stay afloat in a tough economy. I'm Raquel Maria Dillon, NPR News in San Francisco. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working again no more. Some workers thrive on being go-getters in the office, taking on extra tasks, trying to get ahead, and often working well past the traditional end of the workday to do it. But a new generation of workers is just saying no and taking the opposite path. It's called quiet quitting, and it's an idea that's been gaining traction online. WSJ Workplace reporter Lindsay Ellis joins us with more. Hey, Lindsay, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. So, Lindsay, first of all, what do we mean by quiet quitting? So this is what some young professionals are referring to when they say they're just not going to think too hard about their jobs, especially when they're off the clock. 
these people are rejecting the idea of going above and beyond in their careers. And they're calling this lesser enthusiasm a form of quitting as sort of a backlash to what maybe earlier workers would have would have dubbed the the hustle culture, this always on, constantly climbing workplace attitude. So the quiet quitters, they don't actually want to quit their job and get off the company payroll, but they really want to focus their time on the things that they do outside of the office, be it their hobbies or their family or even side hustles. One man on TikTok, Zaid Khan, he put it really well. You're no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life. The reality is it's not, and your worth as a person is not defined by your labor. So, Lindsay, this topic has become popular on social media, but how much of a trend in the workplace has it actually become? So the term quiet quitting has racked up millions of views on TikTok. There are a number of videos where people are expressing how you know, that it applies to them, how they perceive this shift in their own work. But if you look a little bit more broadly, Gallup has some interesting numbers on U.S. employee engagement overall. For two consecutive years, employee engagement has fallen in the U.S. workforce. But Gen Z and younger millennials, the people who were born in 1989 and after, they reported the lowest engagement of all during the first quarter of 2022, coming in at 31%. More than half of these people were quantified as not engaged, 54% of them, which meant, you know, kind of showing up pretty passively, doing their work and, and not much else. How much does the rise of remote work factor into people being able to dial back engagement in their jobs? So one person I talked to, Elise Friedman at the consulting firm Corn Ferry, brought up exactly this. She pointed out that workers have been coasting on the clock for a long time, that this sense of, you know, I'm going to do my job and not much else, that's not a new phenomenon. But she mentioned how remote work can make it a little bit easier to not put up your hand when you know, your plate is clear, to not sort of get the drop-by assignment from a boss. Um, it's a lot easier to, you know, skate by or take care of personal things instead of raising your hand and say, hey, I need more work. So why has this trend become popular with Gen Z and younger workers in particular? One is that Gen Z and younger workers are reporting that they feel less like their work has purpose. And without sort of that connection between what you're doing and why it matters, it might be a little bit easier to dial back your own engagement. There are two other factors that I think are, are worth mentioning too. The first is that for Gen Z workers, they've had very little workplace experience outside of the pandemic. COVID for so many workers and employees totally broke down barriers between work and life. And some people basically said that they're trying to build those barriers back up, basically, that they want more division between their work brains and and their relaxation home brain. And so when you can clock out and really be done, that holds appeal for a lot of people. And then the third, of course, is that many people, especially early in their career, are, are active on social media and TikTok. And the TikTok algorithm, when someone sees a quiet quitting video, can serve up more and more, you know, which allows people to see that others might be feeling the same way that they do and, and feel that shared experience and commonality. 
Yeah, and the TikTok videos that a lot of people have made on this topic have generated millions of views. Here's one by Clayton Farris. He's an actor and screenwriter. And the most interesting part about it is nothing's changed. I still work just as hard. I still get just as much accomplished. I just don't stress and internally rip myself to shreds. And it's beautiful. Now, Lindsay, who among us wouldn't want to relieve the stress of our jobs, right? But couldn't less engagement in your job reduce your chances of maybe a raise or a promotion? So Elise Friedman at Corn Ferry sort of brought that up with, especially given the mixed economic signals that we've all been observing, that there could be a risk of you know, a layoff or stagnation in your career if, if you're not sort of distinguishing yourself as the person who's, who's always on or who's raising your hand for these stretch assignments. That said, though, for some workers, being burned out isn't a clear path to getting a raise or promotion either. Our coworker Angela talked to one woman who's early in her career who said that after she started quiet quitting, when she kind of stopped going above and beyond, stopped doing extra trainings, she actually got better feedback from her boss because her boss noticed that she was more present in meetings and more focused, um, according to our source. So I think that this sense of finding balance and really focusing on what is asked of you to do, I mean, can be clarifying for some workers as well. And to that point, while people promoting quiet quitting have a strong presence on TikTok, there are also people who are pushing back, you know, who feel that the idea of dialing back engagement is an overreaction. TikTok user Emily Smith has a take on that. Don't get mad. Don't check out. Don't let yourself get burnt out. Don't silent quit. Just think about what is the number one value you're offering to the company and the team. Think about that first. Then go to your boss and say, hey, I know you asked me to do that. Happy to do it. These are all of my priorities. And it looks like if I focus on that, I won't be able to do this and this and this by the time I think we want to do it by. Now, Lindsay, Gen Z is part of the future generation of workers. So how will the workplace have to adjust to meet the needs of this group? So I heard a few different things on that front from both Gallup and Corn Ferry. The first is that, you know, supervisors should really work to connect with their workers and employees and help show that clear path between what you're doing and the purpose that this work has. Corn Ferry also spoke to this need for clearer expectations for people who work on teams and you know, making sure that you're following through with support and guidance. Um, I think making sure that these individuals are engaged at the office and um, feel connected to the broader goals of an organization and of a team, that that could be a good first step. I think the other thing that workers are hoping for as well is that there's some acknowledgement of some of the boundaries that they're setting, that people do want space and time for themselves. And that managers and teams that respect that want may hold on to these individuals for for a little bit longer. All right, that's Wall Street Journal reporter Lindsay Ellis. Lindsay, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for having me. White supremacy is the sickness. Some are already there, but for many others, this is the big week. School is back in session. But not everybody is going to be there. Later this hour, we will hear how the leader of Los Angeles' school district, the country's second largest, is literally knocking on doors to find out why so many L.A. students didn't show up on the first day. But first, we're going to ask why another critical group of people decided not to come back to the classroom this year. 
We're talking about teachers. Across the country, there is an alarming shortage of teachers and staff, some 300,000, according to the National Education Association. We interviewed a number of teachers from across the country, and among them, we found three who were willing to share their experiences and who represented what we heard from others about why they decided not to go back to the classroom. Megan McKenna is a former high school teacher in Park City, Utah. She quit teaching just a few weeks ago. Megan, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Michelle. Alana Ward is a former middle school and high school teacher. She began teaching in Somerville, South Carolina in 2013 and retired in 2021. Alana Ward, thank you so much for joining us as well. Thank you so much for having me. And Ryan Hazinski is a former high school teacher. He taught most recently in Dover, Florida, and recently resigned after 20 years in the classroom. Ryan Hazinski, welcome to you as well. Thank you. I appreciate being here. So, Megan, I want to start with you because, as I understand it, you left your job just a few weeks ago. Was there a eureka moment or what What made you decide? It's been building for years. I'm going in my uh, – or would have been going into my 12th year. But uh, this last year was the hardest yet of my career. And after finishing the year just completely drained and, and demoralized, I, I felt like there had to be something something else out there. I, I couldn't do another year like that. With COVID, the workload has increased each year. The demands from parents, from legislators, from school districts, and the, the lack of trust and respect that we've been given as professionals, I just reached my breaking point. Hmm. Alana Ward, what about you? You started teaching in 1996. I think, do I have it right that you took a couple of years off to stay at home with your daughter and then went back to the classroom? Do I have that right? That is correct, yes. And then you, but you decided to retire. So what were the drivers of your decision? So, you know, starting in 1996, and then going back to public school in 2013, you can imagine just the difference in the culture of the school, the difference in the behavior of the students, the difference between the interaction between teachers and parents was was drastic. Plus, the last two years that I taught were, were right in the midst of COVID. Um, I believe educators need to be paid like the professionals that they are. COVID actually highlighted the importance of public education and the importance of um, teachers, but we're not putting our money where our mouth is. Hmm. Ryan, what about you? To piggyback off what Alana was just saying, I think a big part of it is the passive divestment of public education here in Florida. I moved to this state in 1998, and at the time, we were about the middle of the pack, ranking 27th in per-pupil investment and 29th in teacher pay. And now we have fallen all the way down to 44th in public investment and and 46th in teacher pay. And uh, it was largely a financial decision, I think, partly because, you know, to to work so hard and to be paid so little, I, I was willing to do it because I loved being with the kids. And my wife and I just really kind of looked at each other and decided we have to diversify our income streams because we, if we continue down this path, especially in such an inflationary environment, we're only continuing to fall further behind. And, you know, I think also to Alana's point as well, just the sort of the lack of respect paid to us as professionals. I mean, especially here in Florida, we're caught in this crossfire of a cultural war about things that don't exist. Um, you know, CRT in the classroom, that does not happen at all. And it's just made to be a talking point. And, you know, I mean, any teacher in America will tell you how from 2020, we went from hero to zero 
you know, in the spring of 2020 when everybody was, oh, teachers, how do you do it? And then by it's summer of 2020, get back to work, go into schools, you know, take care of our kids. And, you know, just the stress of all that, I think, was a big part of it. And at the end of the day, it, you know, in as much as it, I hate to say it, it was a financial choice. And, hmm. and, and I, I had to walk away from a, a job and a career that I love deeply. I can hear it in your voice. I still feel it still feels like it's a painful decision for you. But tell me more about the respect issue. Both actually all three of you have mentioned this question of respect. It's not just the compensation I take it, but what else is it? I think a lot of the the lack of respect comes from not trusting teachers as professionals to do the job that they were trained to do. Um I think some of these Radical groups and legislators are, are trying to tell teachers what to do and how to do their job with zero education experience. I think in addition to that, just the, the lack of, of inaction too, whether it's, uh, f- properly funding our schools or, or responding to the issues of the day, to responding to gun violence in the classroom, listening to teachers' concerns, acting on, on climate change. I think all of those things feel as, as a, a direct lack of respect for us in, in our profession and, and the ability for us to do our jobs. Ryan, could you talk more about something you said that you said that teachers went from hero to zero? And you're right, like at the beginning of the pandemic, people were just like, oh, my gosh, this is so much responsibility. How do people stand it? You were teaching in Florida after the Parkland shooting and people, and and not just Parkland, but a number of school shootings where people talked about the, the heroic efforts that teachers have made to protect their students. And most recently in Uvalde and these terrible stories do you have a theory about this? Like, what happened to, in in your like to to sort of ha- turn this tide against uh, teachers? Do you have a theory about that? I, you know, I mean, I I don't know if this would necessarily be a theory, but I think maybe this is the elephant in the room. Teaching, like nursing, is is a female dominated profession. I feel as if that there's certainly I I've witnessed it many times in my own career where a double standard exists for someone like me because I'm male versus someone who is female. I think it's as a whole teachers make for an easy target and you know when it comes to scapegoating especially when you think about sort of the political times we're living in with with so much extremism on both sides that you know again we're kind of caught in this crossfire and into you know, just about the what's happening with the the violence in the classroom, even if there's not physical violence, which does happen, of course, but, you know, because Megan addressed this too, there's sort of a emotional and mental violence that happens with our children for just even the kinds of shooter drills, quote unquote, that now happen quite frequently to prepare students, you know, for the eventuality that there is going to be a school shooting at, at, you know, maybe not your school, but there's going to be one. And I mean, students have confessed this to me over the years and just how it sets them on edge and makes them anxious. And, you know, we don't do anything to address the fundamental problem that ultimately falls on the classroom teacher, including even laying down one's life in the event that there were a, a, a shooting. Hmm. What what would make it better? And uh, I'm just going to ask each of you to just tell me what, get, just if you would each just give me one thing that either one thing that if people are listening to this conversation, you would like them to think about if their kids are going back to school and when they think about what the, the teachers who are going to be teaching their kids 
uh, what you would want them to be thinking about? Like, what's one thing that would make it better? Maybe, uh, Ryan, we were just with you. Why don't you start? I would say, especially here in Florida, that the vast majority of teachers are not being political. There seems to be this belief right now that uh, we're all talking politics in front of kids and somehow, you know, uh, indoctrinating them or anything that does not happen. I mean, you, teachers are professionals and just trust us to, to take care of your children and to give them the education that they need. Megan, what's the one thing you would want people to be thinking about if they their kids are going back to school and thinking about the teachers that are in their lives? What it ultimately comes down to is us deciding as a nation if we value education. And if we do value education in this country, then we need to properly fund it so that educators can do their jobs. And um, our students need us now more than ever. I'm really worried about young people and their, their mental health. And with more and more teachers leaving the profession, I worry they don't have that support that they need. Alana Ward, what about you? I'm going to give you the final word here. You're the you're the OG of the group. <laughs> I would say that there is value in the village. And so we always talk about how it takes a village to raise a child. Well, teachers, schools, we are all a part of that village. We all have to work together in order to make this system work. This is not an adversarial relationship. If we could just kind of drop those preconceived notions and and lay aside the misinformation, that's what I would love to see happen going forward. And that's the perspective that I would love for parents and community members to, to adopt to help make it better. Alana Ward is a former teacher from Somerville, South Carolina. Megan McKenna is a former teacher in Park City, Utah. And Ryan Hazinski is a former teacher from Florida. Thank you all so much for talking with us and sharing all of these insights with us. And I, I know it's painful as it as it has been, but uh, thank you for your work. Thank you for your service for all those years. And uh, thank you for talking with us today. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you all. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, August 26, 2022. So I have been told this is our weekly forum for neutralizing workplace racism. Not for spectators. Dial in if you have thoughts, observations. Certainly, if you have any suggestions uh, to help non-white people solve problems in the workplace, the number to dial 720-716-7300, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. That last report on the teachers leaving, I was really planning for other reasons. I was playing, well, two of the main reasons, I'll put it this way. Two of the primary reasons I played that report. Dr. Welsing talked about throwaway children all 
the time before you get to the bedroom even if you do have children hey this teacher crisis looks like it's going to be ongoing even beyond the rona before we have these children we've got young children two three we've got some uh newer moms out there where they've got really young children like whoa we are gonna have to have like extensive conversation is this what we want to be sending our child to where they are literally they send in an order for DoorDash, uber eats or whatever it is 20 piece chicken wings anybody order 20 piece chicken wings lunch at the school here 20 piece chicken wings they come in to drop off chickens hey thanks for the chicken wings what's your name delivery guy hey you uh, ever got any aspirations don't you want to do more than deliver chicken wings hmm we got no algebra class want to teach a little algebra you get back to chicken wings will be waiting on you going in teach this uh, class for a couple hours that's what you want to send your black child black girl black boy that's the environment that you want to send them to that's going to produce universal woman universal man that's one thing I mean lots of us fail have extensive conversation to take it super serious the production of a life that would be classified as black in a system of white supremacy that is something that should make a whole lot of people sit down before we hit the bedroom that was one reason I played that clip the other we have lots of educators who listen to the clouds cows in a variety of different positions with regards to teaching a variety of different age groups and in different parts of the world <laughs> particularly with black male educators all of the obstacles and things that they uh, put in place to make it difficult for black people to be teachers get in the classroom all that and you've got droves of folks leaving the profession all these gaps and everything if they had invested in black educators young academic all the folks, Bay Area mom invested in black educators Whew, might be in better position now nah. those are two of the primary reasons but then after we played that report they mentioned oh Ryan Hazinski white man I got the uh, that was just audio but I you know do a little sleuthing find some images and what have you so this for sure for sure looks like a man who would be classified as white now he gives his commentary well then you know the critical race theory got us down here in Florida Ron DeSantis land and you know got us in the cross hairs metaphor all this wrangling about critical race theory and culture wars so-called not paying and divestment in schools he says this is a female dominated profession that was huge what they call red flag right there metaphor no 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 Ryan Hazinski is not ignorant uh, this is a white woman dominated profession it's not like it's 40% white women and you know 30% black people no, 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 no. it's like 70% white women don't try and just hide that oh yeah it's just old women they're beating no, 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 no. and even that is kind of lame to me like I don't know how much beating up you're going to do on white women about anything 
the disinvestment in schools? I don't think it's because you just got lots of so-called women in this field. I think it's because white genetic annihilation that they've been talking about. Hey, growing percentage where it's just more and more dark children. It's not little white girls and little white boys that are going to be in the classroom being taught looking to get this information. What they call the sponges looking to soak up that knowledge. No, it's just going to be little dark boys and girls that is why eh, we're not trying to pay for any of that you can let all these schools be dilapidated let them figure out how to spell that one hmm. nah he doesn't give that as a reason it's just because they're females and this is some old patriarchy and toxic masculinity and they don't care about our women teaching yeah right yeah yeah Anywho, so I look, old Hazinski, because I didn't know he was a white man, so I look. They have in the Tampa Bay Times Sunday conversation. Strawberry Crest teacher gives voice to the state of public education. Who do I see? Old Ryan Hazinski. And then he has a quote from the Matrix on the board at school. And then he has a huge poster of Mahatma Gandhi. In front of the classroom, the quote is, Liz, live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. Hmm. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we could have something better. In, in, anyway, yeah, we could have a whole lot of things better in front of a classroom. He has lots of uh, tattoos, uh, this white man. Lots of Welsing moments here Mr. Hazinski said I'm out of here me and my wife talked it over we got to diversify our income mm -hmm. anywho uh, I'll touch on a few other the quick reports then we'll get to the callers folks who wrote in uh, and major report that I didn't have audio for uh, we also heard the report about what do they call it quiet quitting where people are staying on the job but yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, take on every extra assignment. Oh, I need some extra work and I can stay late and work the weekend. Yeah. Got some laundry I can catch up on, do some binge watching of Netflix. And, you know, I think you got tons of white people who have been doing that forever. Call it incompetent Carrie. Heard her before. Lots of these. We got tons of folks who've wrote, written in, called in, talked about all the lame white people that they got who whatever i'll take credit for some of this nigra's work over here but i'm not you know trying to come in here early and stay late Psh. play a little golf on the weekend got some nigra jokes we're gonna tell while we're out on the greens enjoy the rest of my summer like that is widespread the system of white supremacy encourages lots of white slacking shiftlessness uh let's see they talked about the gen z folks uh, and, and trying to parse out why, why is this, why are they so uh, discouraged and not motivated in the workplace and they're giving out all these reasons and what have you, they don't feel there's any purpose to their work, it's not valued or they don't feel appreciated and all this other stuff which could be totally valid I also think it could be maybe some of these folks are smarter uh, these folks now, you've got people who've had cell phones in their hands since they were one they've seen their parents and how they're treated and what have you Hey, 
I'm not coming in here, cutting a fool, working and busting my behind for you all just so you can throw me out of here and lay me off and whatever. I'm good. I'm going to do the bare minimum to make sure I keep my paycheck until I can find something else to do and go loaf there. Particularly in my view, that is slave logic. If I'm a slave on the plantation, does it behoove me to work as hard as I possibly can? Show them how much cotton I can pick in an hour? Hmm. You had better have a quality overseer. That's just for Gus T. That might be you all, but no, I'm not going to show. I'm not trying to get the sugarcane picking record that is not Gus T. Same thing I told our mommy in Virginia. I have a 16-year-old at work. You are not looking to become the John Shaft of loss prevention. No way. Logic of the plantation. Let's see, not that I'm, you know, telling folks to not do your best in the workplace, but I can understand if you are being mistreated, they're not going to give you the promotions and raises anyway. That certainly does not inspire confidence and the will to give it my all, give it that with this the elbow grease. Now, got that, got that. All right get to the report i didn't even include the ride share or i didn't have commentary on this point folks can share about that the gas prices we've talked about the huge impact that that's had on lots of folks directly with ride sharing and impacting whether or not it's worth it uh they had a report in the la times that got so much traction this week which i thought was interesting in and of itself it is titled inside california's largest racial discrimination cases this is from uh, the 22nd of this week. Uh, now, even that interesting largest case, you'll see why as we read. I'm not going to read the full report because it's lengthy. Uh, the stats that they give at the top of the report suggest that it would take average person 21 to 27 minutes to read this full report. So, you know, we probably won't even read half of it, uh, but it reads nearly every day. The one-time Ontario warehouse employee said he was stunned to hear racist slurs from Latino co-workers. That word again. They said it in English. They said it in Spanish all the time. Recalled Leon Simmons, a black father of four with a deep voice and gentle manner. When they look you right in the eye and call you the N-word to your face, that's dehumanizing. I want to pause right there because for this report... If you look at, I posted it, uh, social media and what have you, I linked it uh, in the description. The image with this report, it has a black male, I believe it's Mr. Simmons, and he's in a very dark room area. It looks like they put him in some uh, flea-bitten motel uh, and grabbed like a sheet from a murder, a murder scene investigation and just threw that over the window as a makeshift curtain uh, and told him, now get in there and look bedraggled and dehumanized like they just called you a nigger in the middle of your shift. Like, why did that have to be the image? How does that help us understand this story? They could have had him in a press conference. Since this is a lot of victims who reported this mistreatment. They could have had a group of the black employees with Mr. Simmons there with their attorneys. Black Lives Matter, right? Fist up. They love that one, right? Holding hands together. They could locked arms, taking a knee. Lots of things. They're in California. They could have been wearing Golden State Warriors paraphernalia. Their champions were champions too. 
Lots of things. No. Let's put them someplace dark. Oh, the total niggerizing. That was one thing that caught my attention. We'll continue. 32 miles away at a Moreno Valley warehouse. It was the same story. Another black laborer, Benjamin Watkins, described how a Latina co-worker called to him. Hey, monkey. Yeah, you. And waved a banana in her hand. A group of women burst out laughing. In America's long history, harassment and discrimination, not racism, against black workers has usually involved white perpetrators. And that remains the case today. But with the rapid growth of the Latino population now at 19 percent in the U.S. and 39 percent in California, Latinos form the majority in many low wage workplaces and instances of anti-black bias and colorism among them is drawing new scrutiny even as activists in the two communities forge alliances over criminal justice and economic development. I don't know what that even means. Communities, there's that word again. <laughs> it doesn't even say alliances to replace white supremacy with justice. No criminal justice and economic development what anyway in interviews black employees said a torrent of racist insults and discriminatory treatment was mainly inflicted by latino co-workers and supervisors who composed roughly three-quarters of the workforces at these sprawling facilities in ontario and moreno valley we were going to have a retreat in ontario ah it's 2019 so long ago that's before the run Mayate, a type of beetle in Spanish slang for the N-word, was a common taunt, according to interviews and court filings. Black employees, uh, U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission lawsuits alleged that supervisors at the global medical supplier Cardinal Health and Rider Integrated Logistics, a subsidiary of the trucking giant, along with their staffing firms, routinely ignored harassment in Spanish and English at their inland empire warehouses they gave black employees the hardest manual jobs denied them training we hear that all the time well both of them really giving niggers the hardest jobs but denying black people training that is so standard in the workplace that is how you make sure this person is not going to advance we're going to be able to very easily manipulate whatever we want to do because this person, we have deliberately withheld information from them for them to be able to. Sometimes this might mean if you haven't been trained properly, I can't even do my job safely. I might be at greater risk for injury or injuring others. Much less getting promotions, raises, maybe I'm management material. We're now we'll never know. Because I haven't been trained adequately. We hear this all over the world. That is not an accident. They failed to take action despite dozens of complaints, according to the court filings and interviews. Uh, let's see, I'm skipping down a little bit here. Though the agency tracks the race and ethnicity of victims, it does not compile official statistics on offenders, nor are there databases of private cases categorized by perpetrators race. 
This makes it hard to gauge the extent of anti-black hostility from Latino workers. But court filings, victims' allegations, and employer records show that in the last decade, about a third of anti-black bias suits filed by EEOC's Los Angeles and San Francisco offices involve discrimination by Latinos. So who are the other two-thirds against? About a third involved white offenders, and a third were unspecific. Hmm, now even that, now what does that mean? They didn't fill out the report completely? Where are the rest of the details? Since at least 2016, the EEOC alleged black workers were subjected to the N-word by co-workers and managers, many times per day, including nigger bitch, lazy ass nigger, ain't do, oh wait a minute, it's a lazy ass nigger ain't did no work all day, and look at those nigger looking like monkeys. Wow, that is a new one. Have you heard that one? Do they say that? Is that common? Nigger looking like monkeys. They got it hyphenated and or it looks like it could even be one word. Nigger looking. <laughs> what in the world is that? Is that a, is that with the young people? Maybe that's the young generation of race soldiers. That's that's a new one. I hadn't even heard that myself. Nigger looking. Nigger looking like monkeys. Working like slaves like they should be. Photos taken by black workers showed a woman's restroom defaced with graffiti. Niggers stink up the aisles and black people stink. A men's restroom was defaced with nigger killer. And I will stop there. All of this super incorrect. Talk about anti-blackness targeting black people. Those classified as such all the time. All over the world. Gus T says all the time when you go in the workplace... You do not have friends. I don't know anything about non-white alliance, uh, minority alliance, people of color, uh, ally anything. I don't know anything about any of that. I don't even know about the black people alliance, brothers and sisters, unified, none of that. You go on the job for sure. It is united, independent. You're going to be by yourself. I would not be shocked stunned and would encourage you all to not be shocked stunned about any of this any work environment that you go to do not in fact be prepared for this sort of treatment racist jokes racist graffiti anti-black commentary monkey banana all of it you do exactly when in fact what I do think about this class action having lots of folks where they were able to document oh that makes it such in my view that makes it a stronger case because it's not one person where generally with an individual they can say oh this is just a troublemaker and everybody else got along fine and you know this is just one bad apple metaphor who just couldn't get with the program and he didn't fit with our culture and we have a good time but we're certainly not racist and we got lots of other black people and they think we're cool that sort of thing but when you got you know 10 12 people even six eight people even four three that is more than one them and everybody has documentation everybody has their photographs been using their phone nigga killer bang nigga looking like monkey say that again press record boom got their audio recordings everything dates times names what was said exactly witnesses all of that you got eight five ten twelve people more 
who have been doing that, that puts you in a much stronger position. Not that they still can't practice racism and, you know, whatever, you all lied and your little gang and you smoke crack together and came up with this. They could do that. But much stronger, I think, than one individual. It does take some coordinating, at least about the documenting part. You don't have to be friends or what have you, but at least communicating to get your documentation and how you want to present all this to try to be organized. But man, do not be stunned. And I'd say don't get emotional. Any of this sort of thing happens would be super easy. What? Monkey, banana, all that. Number one thing that we talk about with regards to counter racism in the workplace, composure. Super important. That's what I said. Can't be surprised about any of these sort of things happening. This is what we got. What's my am I going to storm off the job? Do I smack someone? They might call the police on you. Throw bananas at you as they're taking you away in handcuffs. It's just what what is the response going to be? Now, I thought this was super important. I shared it as soon as I saw it. Lots of folks talking about this online and going into all their stories. They've heard all this before. Latinos don't like us and Hispanics don't like us and blah, 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 blah. Nobody likes anybody. That is the system of white supremacy, racism and like for real, for real. It's almost 2025. You are really stupid if you don't know nobody in the universe likes black people. That can't be a, ooh, I didn't know that. People don't like black people? Really? Nobody. Hey, when I say nobody, you don't like black people. Now, with so-called Latinos, I had so much suspicion about this report, just the way it was presented, everything. Like I said, go all the way back up to the title. A 30-minute report, Jesus Lord, inside California's largest racial discrimination cases. So you're telling me in huge California with their long history of racism, white supremacy, they got to do a year's, what is it, two years worth of study for reparations because they got such a long history of terrorizing black people. Killed Nat King Cole's dog in California. Remember that? All of this. Okay. You're telling me you don't have any cases where large numbers of white people did this exact same thing in California. Are you serious? That's one, two, and I mean, I could long list of things that are suspicious and or incorrect about this report. Now, Latinos, that's directly in the word guide. The classifications, white, non-white, white supremacists. Hey, mine, it's two. White supremacists, victims, non-white people. It's not possible to be white and not racist is two. either way even if you're with the three Latino, Hispanic, Latina Latinx none of those is on the list so called Latinos some of these individuals could be white everybody in Mexico is not a non-white person same thing you can pick any of these so called Spanish speaking regions Spain, Argentina pick one, Puerto Rico everybody there is not non-white some of these people are just white people being racist 
that's what it is now the anti-blackness absolutely you have tons of non-white people all over the world who do not like black people say bad things about black people might be you now some of this where I knew I knew when I shared this article I said hey because I told you all before when I share my social media and what have you on Twitter at until justice Facebook what is the Facebook the Facebook handle is the problem is white people that has been my Facebook handle for more than a decade for incidents just like this where we get confused and emotional and oh boy I've been waiting to spend 30 minutes talking about those no good Latinos whatever that means and Hispanics and they don't like us and they don't like black people and ring 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 I knew that was going to happen and we had some of that on my timeline I just used this as an opportunity to prune because I already said all the people that are on all of that the ADOS and I'm black and I was born here and with the black people and black 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 I'm not on any of that please don't contact me don't follow me minimize contact right victims guaranteed qualified so I said hey all of those people who respond in that manner block 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 use it to prune which I did there's no way I'm gonna listen to a tenth of a second of someone classified as black in any part of the world tell me about how much Latinos don't like them or Indians don't like them or Arabs don't like them or whatever black people that weren't born in the states don't like them that word is in the word guy too man so I'm gonna pretend like when these conversations when they say they talking about so-called Latinos or Indians or Chinese or whoever they all of these groups but white people they don't like us the plural first person pronouns us we man who is it that they don't us who is the us so the us it seems is like just black people born in the u.s sometimes hmm i'm going to pretend that all of the black people born in the u.s we get along and aren't doing the same bickering and name calling squabbling even killing each other hmm. in fact i'm gonna pretend black males and black females who were all born right here in the states talk like they hate each other matter of fact how many times let me ask it again that way pay attention to how I, I didn't say if this has happened I said how many times has the caller at the courthouse in Florida called in to say that a black person at the courthouse needed to publicize the fact that she wishes the black male who fathered children with her dies now maybe these folks got a grandparent was born in Cuba or what have you so maybe none of these folks count you know they're not with us but I mean really all of that to say nobody likes anybody here 
the people who are responsible for all of that are classified as white. When you go on these jobs, you do not expect correct treatment from anybody if they're classified as black, non-white, Indian, Chinese, white, whatever. You do not expect correct treatment. Same thing I've said for years. You go on these jobs, you do not have friends. If you are mistreated, bang, you get to work. Everything about codification in the workplace is about stopping mistreatment. And we've talked about that in bunches for years. But I thought, in fact, with this same report, give you another. I lost count of where I am on my list. They gave all these graphic details, which I don't have a problem with. What did they say? Nigger looking monkey, because I've never heard that one before. So <laughs> give it here. Let's hear what did they say. Nigger killer written on the toilet paper. Wow, that's hmm, terrorism. Hmm? I bring that up because remember BGM? People that maybe have bad memory or what have you. I believe it was two weeks ago. Read a report, just said Florida. Read a report down in Florida. Black people being denied jobs. Duh. This is white people though. Being denied jobs and they said they were being called racial slurs but they didn't give all the details. They had a link. I said, hmm. What, what were the racial slurs? They didn't just spill it all out right at the beginning. This report, right at the beginning of the report. They called us niggers and everything else. And they got it right there. Here, monkey, we get to the... This report, they didn't do that. The BGM, the blue gum monkey, they just said racial slurs. And they put a link there. You had to go to the EEOC's page to read what were they being called. Oh, they called them blue gum monkeys. And said the same thing. Black people are lazy and give them the hardest. Same thing. Same thing. That right there, like, wow, you make it immediate. The Latinas just hated the Negroes. With the white people, you didn't do that. Hmm. And this is the exact same paper they just said within the last seven days. We're going to start tracking employment data for black people, just black people. To disaggregate are these black people born outside the states where they born these black people born in the states and I asked the question I said why what pro I asked two questions what problem are they trying to solve by doing this collecting this data I also asked is this about creating conflict between non-white people increasing it hmm same paper LA Times this is within the last seven days because I think I read that report last week read that one this week now folks have I guess one more point I'll make and then we'll get audio tie all this up the folks who say hey Gus T you're incorrect I don't agree victims guaranteed qualified VGQ that's your view my view because we've heard this one for years on the cows and beyond hey I go on these jobs I treat these folks like they're racist that's not logical but whatever VGQ I treat them like they're racist and you know, these Latinos and the Hispanics, they hate black people and blah, 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 and all the, okay. What should we do? Really, we can just fast forward. We don't need to go through every story of the Latinos hate us and everything they said bad about us and blah, 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 blah. Okay, everybody hates black people. Duh, what should we do in the workplace? Just get to that. Fast forward things. As opposed to all the time sitting around and talking the folks that were out here and how they hate black people or hate black people in the U.S. specifically in all the fast forward. What do we do to neutralize these problems in the workplace? And most of it's going to probably sound like what these people did document taking pictures, 
make a report if we're going to stay on this job or not are we going to court about this that's what it's going to come down to not I mean what so the, what does that mean the so-called Latinos they hate us or they don't like black people born in the US we're going to start a war you put all the so-called Latinas in a headlock learn Spanish you can call them names back when they call you a mayata or a monkey or throw a banana at you or whatever it is what do we do break it down for me and give me the detail putting a bow on all of this or to conclude my thoughts at least for the time being on all of this this is so repetitive and hearing this over and over and hearing folks get really uh, emotional victims get really emotional and wanting to scrap and brawl with other victims of racism about all of this we've talked with Mr. Fuller about this repeatedly and with this context specifically with regards to uh, non-white people in the workplace not getting along and or ferociously mistreating each other even non-black non-white people mistreating black people in the workplace talked about that exactly what did Fuller have to say about all of this we can't get around dealing with the system of white supremacy that's that's we'll, black people have always tried to find a way to, I mean to shortcut that and say, well, no, 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 no. I mean, you know, we've got to find a way to, you know, get rid of more black people, uh, more non-white people, I mean, and then everything will be all rosy. No, it ain't. Because the white supremacists set it up for the black people to go at each other anyway. Mm. It's, the black, it's the white supremacists' duty to protect black people from black people. That's their duty, too, but they naturally they ain't going to do that because they set it up for that to happen. What black people are going to do anyway if they go after the Cubans or anybody else who are non-white? I'm not talking about the ones that are classified as white because some of them are white. It's like those out of uh, not only uh, Florida and whatnot, I mean out of Brazil and whatnot. You know, you've got white people in Brazil. People kind of assume that they ain't no, you know, that... Everybody in Brazil is non-white, you know, or in South America. Argentina is mostly white. A lot of them got German backgrounds. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, sure enough, white people, I mean, you know, they ain't, they ain't you know, hey, a lot of them got blue eyes. I mean, you know, you know, it's just a matter of you got to know white people when you see white people. But as far as the liking is concerned, ain't harder than anybody liking anybody. And black people, I mean, hey, we can forget it when we start talking about who don't like somebody. <laughs> black people can't stand black people. And we prove it every day. I definitely agree on that one. Um, that that didn't get brought up enough, in my opinion. Just uh, I think some people they were kind of well. Thinking, anytime somebody brings this up about all the divisions and the, and the likes and dislikes among non-white people and whatnot, and and, and uh, you know uh, whether they're classified as Latinos or or whatever or Nigerians or. Or what, whatever the classification, you know, uh, black people from Brazil, uh, black people from Haiti. Uh, you know, so what, what are we talking about? Mexicans? 
Yeah, the Mexican gangs in the prison. I mean, they go after the black people, and the black people go after them. They all got different gangs. Then the Mexicans in the in the prisons going after each other. I mean, Mexicans kill more Mexicans than anybody. Right there in Mexico. I mean, it's not white people who are chopping off those heads of Mexicans in Mexico. Those are Mexicans chopping off the heads of their Mexican neighbors. So why would they be in love with me when they're killing other Mexicans? Pedro is killing Gonzalez, I mean, you know, every day. In huge numbers. So it's all messed up. So we can forget about that liking thing. You ain't going to find that. Because nothing is set up for people to like people. Very important point. Context of white supremacy. Neely Fuller Jr. Get the books. ProduceJustice.com. Not just to have them on your shelf. Say, ooh, I got Mr. Fuller's books. Look at that. Look at that. Brandishing them babysitting them if it were actually read them maybe even apply some of the concepts like no name calling anyway that is super important nobody likes anybody in the system of white supremacy white people don't like white people black people don't like black people and everything in between expect mistreatment that's what we're trying to stop produce justice Incidentally, about so-called Latinos and Latinas, I don't know, because we have people who brag about not paying attention to the news and what have you. Did you all see the case of the 43 students? I think it was uh, 43 students and it was one teacher. They went missing in Mexico. And they just released the report literally this week, same week. They released that report talking about the Latinos and how they treated the black people in the workplace. They released the report saying the disappearance is not funny. They were executed. These are 43 uh, students. I think they were in like a teacher program or something were executed. And they said that it was culpability at all levels of government for this execution, kidnapping and execution, as it were. All levels of government and that their uh, cooperation with the drug cartels for this kidnapping and execution scheme. That's what I mean, processing when Mr. Fuller says, hey, I mean, nobody likes anybody. This is about mistreat people and laugh at them, mistreat them and laugh at them while doing it. You see that right there. Non-white people in so-called Mexico, how they treat each other. So, yeah, why would I think they're going to come here and be in love with me when they have seen what Al Sharpton ridiculed every day, even by a lot of black people and Empire? Why would I think they're going to think well of me? Anywho, uh, folks have their own counter racist code using logic about how they deal with so-called Latinos in the workplace or thoughts on that report. Any of the other uh, reports that we heard and or your own situation in the workplace. The number is seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. The email is untiljustice at gmail dot com. Number of folks 
uh, emailed in so I will read the emails as we scoot along here uh, let's see uh, check in uh, non-Clemson grad Miss C are with us uh, nab other hands as we go yes sir uh, my wife's on the phone in a different room right now but I got a couple things uh, me personally I went to school with Hispanics it's all you know because I grew up in uh, New York City um, I remember having these types of problems with Latino people for the most part. Um, no, they did say the N-word just like black people. Those some of them were pretty dark skinned like black people from what I remember, and of course that's still true today. But um, I will say this, I do understand why black people or well, black people in general are having problems with Latinos, especially with the um, with some of the stuff that's happening in the country right now. I mean, Latinos, um, I believe two thirds of them Identify as white, even though white people might not see them as white. Um, but yeah, I guess you have your experiences. I remember me and my wife told um, a, a quinceanera event about a year ago, and I remember the brother of the girls who event it was, <laughs> you know, uh, said nigger. Now um, he didn't refer to me or anything like that as a nigger, but he, he was talking to his sister, but it was doing like your mama jokes, and the brother's response was, uh, "Your mama, my nigger." So I said along those lines. Um, sometimes you forget, yeah. Latinos are not the only person, people that say nigger. But um, I remember a couple of years ago, I went to a transportation planning conference, and I remember having a conversation with a black woman. Um, I don't know how the conversation of racism come up, came up, but um, I asked her for a definition, and she said she did not have one. So I gave her my definition at the time. And I, and I said my definition of uh, racism, white supremacy, was um, – those who classify themselves as white who are dedicated and or benefit from the mistreatment of um, subjugation, oppression, terrorism, and death of those they classify as black. When I gave her my definition, she agreed with it, but she said that I need to change the black part of, um, at the very end of the definition to uh, non-white people or people of color. Now, personally, I chose black for a reason. This is not to say that other groups of non-white people don't get mistreated by white people, but um, my experience tells me that there is a specific uh, form of violence and terrorism that is uniquely reserved for black people that um, well, this seems to occupy its own place. Um, and, well, in this country, for one, one thing, but it's just a unique, extreme form of violence that black people deal with in this country, if not the world. Um, that's just unique to black people. At least that's my experience. I could be incorrect. Um, next thing, speaking about, you know, how the school systems are going, at least here where I live in South Carolina, the county, 57% of collected taxes in the county I live in goes towards public schools. This is very interesting. This means it's the biggest percentage of the taxes collected where I live, right? Um, I, I don't remember what the next closest one, but like the library is like 2%, for example. Um, there's nothing closer until you start getting to like, I think less than 20%. I can't remember what the second thing is off the top of my head right now. Anyway, aside from the 57% of taxes that um, go to schools, um, people who play the lottery in uh, South Carolina and probably other states as well, too, the, um, the sales of, of those lottery tickets are also used to fund the schools as well, too. So it does, go, it does make you wonder to a certain degree, with all the money and taxes that are being collected to fund these schools, 
how come it seems like we can't keep teachers in the classroom and they feel like they're not getting paid enough because they're definitely connect, uh, co uh, collecting enough taxes. But I will say this though, at least here in South Carolina and maybe in other places as well too, um, politicians or they pass laws saying that they're going to use the tax lottery system to bolster the education system to make sure as much money is going into it as possible. What usually happens is that, for example, whatever money was originally budgeted for education in the state, um, that money is replaced with the lottery money that is raised, and that difference is taken away from the school system and placed into other places in the budget. Effectively, this is a tax on poor people because poor people are usually the people who buy t um, lottery tickets in bulk. So poor people, usually black people, are the ones who are paying for these lottery tickets, and they are less likely to have good performing schools and have a hard time getting into the better performing schools. And if they try or do something fraudulent, usually end up going to jail. That uh, happened a couple of times out here. Um, at work recently, one of the things I do is that I manage transportation funds. Unfortunately, one of the funds that I manage, about $402,000, is about to expire at the end of December because that is the end of the federal fiscal year. Um, so one of the things that I was um, asked to do was, hey, let's find a way to spend down this money before it lapses at the end of September. And this is what I called this in a, a little while ago, a couple weeks ago, when my assistant administrator at the time made that horrible joke. He thought it was a joke. Um, if your hair was on fire, there was a gun to your head, what, what, what would, how would you decide to spend this money? I personally don't see how that particular joke related to the situation, but, you know, I gave him my answer at the time, spending money on sidewalks. Um, nevertheless, um, there are two transit providers in the region where I live, and um, basically both transit providers um, tried to apply for the money to put in more bus stops in eight, um, to make it ADA compliant. Unfortunately, even though both entities got their applications in, um, the elected officials of the region will not be able to approve the projects in time before the end of the fiscal year at the end of September. So both transit agencies got a little upset with me because they felt like what was the point of putting in the effort if the money was still going to expire. Now, first and foremost, even with the money that's about to expire, there is still money to fund their projects as is. Now, the part where they get mad at me, which is interesting to me, is that we've known about these lapsing funds for over a year. We do something called a triennial review every three years. And the last one we did was, um, I believe, either September 2021 or December 2021, probably September 2021. And um, at the time, the people, the federal representatives that do our review um, made it a point that these funds were about to expire. And we had an extra year to deal with it because COVID basically pu pushed back federal timelines for certain things happening, which included that expiration. It was supposed to happen a year ago. Instead, it happened this year, or it's about to happen at the end of next month. Um, at the time, the federal rep said, maybe I should call a meeting and explain to the two transit providers um, or talk to them about what they could potentially do with the funds. Now, I already knew what they can do with the funds. It's, um, it's, um, it's explained in federal circulators. These are documents about how things are supposed to work and what you can and cannot do. 
What I did was I went to the page in one of these circulators, and I got the eligible um, expenses where this money can be spent, basically 88 bus stops and things of that nature, and say, you know what? I'll just copy what, what's in the circulator, and I'll mail it to the new transit agencies, and then they can decide what they want to do. That was my tacit way of saying, I don't see a reason to meet. Here's what you can do. If you got the money, we'll make this happen. If you don't, there's no other conversations that need to be, need to be had. I don't see a reason to get in the room and talk about whether or not, um, you know, what you're going to do with the money. The circulators already say what you can and cannot do. So it was well known a year ago at the very least what can be done with the funds. And now we get to the situation where at the last minute funds are about to um, expire, and I did my best to do what I can, but we cannot get elected officials to get together because, you know, this, it, we just can't. And everyone wants to look at me like I've done something wrong. Even though it was known for a year, and I have emails going back a year saying this funding is going to expire. I get to work, I think, Thursday morning because my, my manager sees the emails going back and forth because I've been sharing them with my upper managers. He gets to me in the morning and simply says, um, yeah, me and the assistant administrator agree that you did nothing wrong, and they've known about these funds for a year. Multiple times throughout the year, both agencies said they could not get the local match for the funds so that um, they prevent it from expiring. And now that they finally were able to get local match for the uh, local matching for the funds um, to actually apply for um, for the money, um, but couldn't get the application to sign to prevent the funds from lapsing. Now they won't look at me like I've done something wrong. To which I really don't care. I really don't have anything else to say. I did what I was supposed to do. My manager agrees with me. My assistant administrator, uh, assistant administrator agrees with me. Um, I have nothing else to work. Well, I won't say I have nothing to worry about. White people are trying to do something, um, you know, behind my back, I suppose. But I refuse to take responsibility for something that I had no control of. I couldn't get the local measure these people. And I've been saying it for a whole year. This funding is going to expire. And if they want to be mad, well, that's their, their responsibility, I suppose. And with that, I'll mute my line. Non-Clemson crap. Well, much obliged, sir. Uh, they did drop that... Uh, I was going to say that like singular. They did drop those nuclear bombs, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but neither here nor there. Um, much obliged for the share, uh, non-Clemson grad. Um, <laughs> you hear that again? He said he was speaking with the young lady and uh, he asked if she had a definition for racism. No. Once again, who is more informed? about what racism white supremacy is how it works anywho uh, 57% of the taxes in his area go to public schools wow can't say they are underfunded there and many areas say that that they actually do spend quite a bit of money on schools where is this money going why don't we have, you know, the better, a better product? Why are there so many teachers on strike and saying they're leaving if we spend so much money on schools? Hmm. Seems like it could be some, some graft and things happening there too. White theft is rampant. Um, the uh, textbooks, that's one that I can think of all this grousing over textbooks and can't have CRT and banning these books like, man, 
writing textbooks because you uh, you don't buy one book like they buy textbooks for the whole school or the whole school district so you could be buying thousands of books that lot of money textbooks for that's why you have all this wrangling CRT and we got to replace them you got to get this filth out of there new book new book yes 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 um let's all the expiring funds the expense so now that's why I said the quiet quitting what they called it and I'm just going to be shiftless in the workplace I'm not going to work too hard that is the system of white supremacy that's why you got to have the negros and lot of South Carolina we got to have plantations with hundreds of negros we got more negros than white people in South Carolina Jake Strom Thurman shiftless lazy told them a year ago we got this money half million dollars let's do something let's improve public transportation let's put some sidewalks in make it safer we got lots of safety issues pedestrians in South Carolina especially for black people yeah we'll get around to it yeah we'll get around to it yeah. man we get to the last minute we're about to lose half million dollars oh let's scramble let's see let's see let's yeah we can't eh, eh. Ah, it's not gonna be as opposed like, dang man that's ridiculous we sit here and waste all this we got to do better man we got to get we got all this technology and emails and texts and everything else man we are going to do better next year man we're going to spend all that money we could have got these you know made it safer for the bus got those lifts in people would have appreciated that people with you know wheelchairs and what have you ah oh, that's disgraceful no 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 we do the same old thing we always do no count negra <laughs> what, what is it? Wait a minute. I told y'all yeah, that. No count Negra. Wasted all our time. But I told y'all a year ago. And he said they even got the funds. It's not like, you know, now we can't do the sidewalk project or whatever. He's talking about the bus company that they can't do the improvements to get their wheelchair lifts and all the rest of it be ADA compliant. Americans with disabilities. Um, hey, you, you still do all this stuff. Come wrangled, wasted our time. We didn't have to do all that. I told you all a year ago, man. We got all the email now. That's another one. That's why I talk about the importance of sharing because this is so common. It's right up there with not training black people. We got lots of documentation. We've been talking about this, trying to get this taken care of. We just, what they call it, just keep kicking it down the road, kicking it down the road, kicking it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. And we can't get everybody scheduled together. Oh, we got a luncheon. Can't do it that day. Oh, we're going golfing. Can't do it that day. Oh, we're going on. Oh, well, now the deadline hit. Hmm. They don't kick it down the road when it comes to we're going to go to Clemson game this weekend. They don't kick that down the road. We get prompt about that one. Anyway, um, but I think that's constructive where he said that's another one where at composure where they start fussing and you messed it up. I can't believe you come in here and didn't tell us and wasted all of our time. and got us filling out this paperwork for no reason. Ma'am sir we've been trying to coordinate this for some time and see the email correspondence we just couldn't get a date to get everyone scheduled together and now we just don't have enough time to get the project approved and sure we'll be able to get the projects done just won't be with this funding 
White managers, no, yep, correspondences there, did what he's supposed to do. They're just proud. And they know that. They're blaming the Negro. We do that. They already know what that is like. Yep. You're fine. Let's let's just proceed. So many black people experience that. And so many black people experience that and get emotional, frustrated, not really great. Like, this is just what it means to be white. I don't need to take this personal. I know I didn't do anything incorrect. I know I informed everybody and tried earnestly to see if we could get this taken care of so we could get this money spent. Nah. That that right there also, these sort of incidents are the type of thing as to why you do have the so-called quiet quitting with people where non-white people, man, you talk about things that would disincentivize you like, oh my God. If everything is going to be blamed on me and you spill your coffee this morning and that's my fault and missed the meeting, that's my fault. We didn't get this money spent. That's my fault. Like, man, I'm good. (laughs) I'm going to do as little as possible where I don't have to hear from you all about anything like logic of the plantation. Let's see. Uh, Before we get some of the other folks who dialed in, we'll start uh, getting to the emails. Then we'll get to the other callers. Uh, Let's see. Email number one. Email address again, untiljustice at gmail.com. Uh, alrighty. Uh, this is blackmail. He's written in before, talked about mental health and how these types of incidents can erode your mental health. Have you where you're stressed, angry, not eating correctly, not sleeping correctly? Had a black male victim talked about that before being stressed, mistreated in the workplace and then got time away to get some recuperation, healing, giving us an update this week. He writes, this is the black male from New York who has written about my medical leave over the past couple of months. I wish to provide an update in addition to providing some insight into the segments you had on last weekend's broadcast regarding mental health support and black males in psychology. First, regarding my medical leave, it has been extended another three months, a result of medication and therapist changes and my medical team ensuring that all my support systems are in place for my return. Right on. Upon reflection, in the section, upon reflection, the segment in last week's compensatory program regarding black people receiving reliable mental therapy, I believe it was the Kaiser Permanente segment, is very much poignant for me as I also went through that process during my leave of having to wait an extended period of time to get and receive care. It took over a month and a half from my initial hospitalization due to my stress and anxiety to when I was finally able to get linked to a therapist. This was considered expedited as my case was considered urgent given my mental condition and physical condition at the time. This process in and of itself produces anxiety and stress as you are hoping that there are no setbacks or delays in receiving much needed therapy that you can manage your problems in the interim and that you will have a therapist that you can develop rapport with and trust. 
on the part of the therapist in my case I was able to make a request for a black therapist which was accepted without any complaint and thankfully they did have one only one of course in the clinic I attend now unfortunately that therapist will be leaving now and thus I will have to be assigned a new therapist so this will be a situation I will report on in the future now regarding the segment on black male psychologists this is a personal subject to me as I am attempting to become a psychologist myself the black male psychologist interviewed stated that he stumbled into the school of psychology and that he was that was not his intended path but for me it is the exact opposite I knew that I wanted to be a psychologist since elementary school and that I wished to be of service to black people, black children in particular. Throughout this entire process, I have been informed numerous times how rare a black psychologist is, even more so a black male psychologist and what that entails. Case in point, I did not meet a black male psychologist until I was in undergraduate school completing my degree. Before my medical leave, I was actually putting together my application to apply to graduate doctoral programs in clinical and counseling psychology, which would not have been my first attempt. As such, there are a few things to note. The threshold for acceptance is incredibly high, especially for clinical programs, since they are generally tuition remission programs. Essentially, the school pays for your training and education for a set number of years, usually four to five, in addition to providing funding through teaching or research assistantships. High grade point average, high grade point college averages of 3.5 with quality scores on the GRE, the SAT, but for the graduate programs are expected with letters of recommendations from professors and mentors, strong personal statement letters, your appeal as to why a school should take you and why you want to go there along with proof of research in the form of published independent research and clinical ability can make for a very packed comp competition for entry one of the very prominent conversations of how to get more black people into the field starts at this point black people have lower application and acceptance rates compared to other applicants if they are accepted, the likelihood of them completing the program is lower, and if they do complete it, as racism will be at every step of the way, metaphor, you may be less likely to find employment, and when you do, the peers you may work with, either in academic or in a clinical space, will not take kind to your presence. As my mentor put it, these are not your people thus the prospects are not favorable however one major step that has been made to help the process which occurred as a result of the pandemic is the general removal of the GRE for most graduate programs requirements when students apply to psychology doctoral programs which removes a particularly brutal obstruction to being a serious applicant for a program. I saw that was with a lot of programs. Uh, they are removing some of these uh, standardized tests, as he said, because of the uh, pandemic. Uh, they didn't have the uh, 
like study courses and things that people would pay and go to and they didn't even have school like sometimes they prepare you in school for these type of programs even the SAT and things I think for a lot of schools I think in California in fact uh, for some of the major institutions they at least suspended or I think they may have even permanently uh, discontinued using uh, the SAT and some of these other standardized tests so something to look forward to if you're a student or have children that sort of thing continues uh, still it is a daunting endeavor and takes a lot of time and money which tends to be one of the more significant factors for applying and acceptance during my previous application cycle about two years ago the cost of my applications and travel accommodations for interviews lodging and flights to multiple cities was close to three thousand dollars this does not include money spent on the GRE examination itself and the course I enrolled to prepare for it which would put an additional $600 to $700 in short. What that black school psychologist has gone through to get his degree is incredibly understated and should be applauded and his presence will be irreplaceable for those children. It has given me more affirmation in my desires in psychology as I know the importance of black male presence in this field as I am a beneficiary of having two black male therapists as mentors who have helped me along this journey. That is all for now. Continue the counter-racist work, black male from New York. Much obliged for sharing. I played the report about black male psychologists on this past weekend's uh, compensatory call-in and talking about how much like black male teachers very rare to see them in the classrooms or the schools white people restrict who those educators are going to be that's again something to think about have offspring who which which hands are going to be on our child as they move through their academic career think about all of that before we hop in the bed But much obliged uh, for sharing our caller uh, in New York. Uh, lots of things for folks to think about, maybe even inspire or get some other people to think about a career uh, in school psychology, uh, assist, be able to help some young black people, victims of racism, white supremacy. Uh, and again, thinking so you know in advance about all of the obstacles that will be in place uh, to keep black people from being in these types of fields, even from thinking of being related or pursuing these fields. Number again, 720-716-7300, decode 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see other folks who dialed in if you have commentary to share uh, let's see non mighty wick should be with us as what well. excuse me uh, retired firefighter in Florida my name's confused should be with us as well uh, I'll nab other hands on the switchboard as I see them Greetings, everyone. Uh, I thought uh, that uh, 
your commentary uh, in the beginning was uh, vitally important. Uh, a lot of uh, all of the things that I heard you say, I, I uh, have uh, heard them. Also, the confuse the confusion that exists amongst non-white victims of race of white supremacy, especially the, the quote-unquote group that I'm most familiar with, uh, non-white people who are racially classified as black. Uh, uh, we seem to uh, have this, uh, and I'm going to use a metaphor, a Hollywood understanding of how to uh, uh, neutralize the system of racism, white supremacy. It, it always comes to, uh, well, not necessarily always, but it's very popular, unfortunately, that it comes to the first thing we have to do is straighten out the the non-white black coons and uh, or non-white people from other parts of the world. And then we can uh, finally uh, dismantle racism, white supremacy. And that just tells me that there's a lack of understanding of what is the global system of racism, white supremacy, and how it works. Uh, they have control of all nine areas of activity. Uh, and uh, in turn, what they do from what I learned from Mr. Fuller is provide only enough for, for the, for the, for a minimum amount of victims. So it's going to provide without them physically in a lot of cases, having to be in the, in the direct, uh, uh, opposition to non-white people, the non-white people will react in the, in the way that the white supremacists designed for it to be. If they only throw down enough resources for half of that number, uh, you don't have to worry about, uh, what is going to be the reaction of such a, uh, activity. And that's, that's something that we still don't understand. Uh, codification is essential. And that means it's essential in all nine areas of activity, including when you are at something that's called work. Uh, to be codified is essential in what, in, in what you're saying and what you're doing. Uh, and, and that is, and that is primarily as an individual, as an individual, uh, I have made enough mistakes for everybody that is listening to my voice, <laughs> uh, to tell you that codification oper and operating 
with that codification with the idea in mind of what you're saying and doing is logical is what would be the best uh, plan, if you will, to get through day by day in employment and get the maximum amount of compensation uh, for it. And if there's such thing in your employment as retirement, as Gus calls me a retired firefighter, then your means to codify saying the correct things, being courteous, doing the most correct things that you can think of would be your best opportunity to get you there. And I place it that way because under a global system of racist white supremacy, nothing is 100%. You can be doing all of that and they can still destroy you. But to do it will give you your best opportunity. Uh, there's some other things that I have to say, but I'll just end it right there for, for right now. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Much obliged, retired firefighter in Florida. Uh, Man, oh man, have a code, have a plan, a strategy that will help you solve problems and not from a standpoint of being uh, emotional uh, in dealing with problems uh, in the workplace. Super important. Uh, and really, again, as I said before, just expecting to be mistreated, uh, just all of it really going back to understanding racism, white supremacy, what it is, how it works so that you have proper expectations, all areas of people activity, wherever you happen to be uh, on the planet, especially while you are in the workplace so that you, you know, grasp. Yes, these are things that are going to happen. This is my plan for how I'm going to respond so I can do my best to neutralize these expected problems. That's the way we want to be thinking, headed towards 2025. Uh, number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, again, let us know uh, the COVID-19 situation updates and what have you, how that's uh, evolving uh, in your work environment. If people are still doing the masks, uh, safety, are they, is that old news? Are they even talking about that anymore? They moved on to other things and enjoying their uh, summer 2022. Let us know. I think that's super important worldwide, really uh, super important as we move, especially back towards uh, autumn and all that. If there's going to be a resurgence and all the rest of it, uh, let's see, we'll get in more of our uh, emails Let's see make sure we get all those in email address again is until justice at gmail dot com different listener this is our uh, female listener she has the uh, white supervisor uh, black female what do you, uh, subordinate reports to her sabotages 
all that. Uh, she writes, hi, Gus and the cows audience. I had my very own white dog moment this week. Oh, no. Ra- my uh, racist manager is dog sitting for a friend. You know, man, I just pulled up. Today is National Dog Day. I kid you not. If you if it's still Friday, August 26, if you look on YouTube, the little animated avatar that they have in the top left corner, it's a hound. It's it's International Dog Day. I thought this was just like a, a U.S. Uh, holiday of some sort. No, 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 no. It is International Dog Day. Mm. I'm sure there's something. What in the world? Krispy Kreme releases dog donuts for the first. Oh my Jesus Lord! I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm I'm, I'm wounded. I'm wounded. It said honored. That's why I said I'm wounded. I'm wounded. Krispy Kreme releases dog donuts for the first time in honor of National Dog Day. Six dog-friendly donut-shaped biscuits. Huds and Toke, an Australian artisanal pet treat company, are making the doggy donuts by hand according to Krispy Kreme. Each doggy donut is designed specifically for dogs of all sizes and ages made with a hard-baked cookie and ingredients such as carob, a substitute for chocolate, Krispy Kreme wrote. Doggy donuts are intended as snack and are not formulated to be served as a complete and balanced meal. Their limited edition will be sold in the U.S. They have pictures. I have to send one. They have a dog with the bandana and everything. I guess that might be an homage to Tupac, maybe. But it's national. That right there. Welsing moment again that is right in the ISIS papers again Romulus Remus I don't know if we were in a system of justice I'm vegan I'm plant based it'll be five years if I'm alive in January I think five consecutive years right plant based proud happy had vegan pizza today loved it banana before we got started on the program grapes loving my fruits veggies all summer long all organic anywho uh, if we were in a system of justice would there be international dog day I just matter of fact a listener emailed me hours ago with a black kitten named Martin and they made some tacky joke about Dr. King. Allegedly, the kitten was born on January 15th. I emailed them back. I said, hey, August 17 is Negro Kitten Day. Think I'm lying. You can check that one as well. Today is August 26th. So nine days ago. Negro Kitten Day. only in a system of white supremacy racism get back to the email so very own white dog but man that's second time this month man we're reading i told you all to read you got absolute madness is the only book in a decade that i said is mandatory for the book club racist dog 
is in absolute madness. We were just talking about that in the book club for two weeks. The do- dog sounded just like the Latinos and Latinas that they were talking about. Said, Black person walking, ready to take a chunk out. Arr, I'll shoot him to her. Let's hear what her white dog mama was. My racist manager's dog sitting. She has her own black dog. The one she is dog sitting is a white puppy, but is a larger breed than the one she has. The, the dog is also more energetic than hers and seems to need more attention. We were having a meeting online and the puppy was causing a commotion in the background. The dog's name is Olivia. My racist manager stopped talking to attend to the puppy. Instead of calling the dog Olivia, she turned to the dog and called it by my name. I said nothing but chuckled in my head thinking about the cows and my report to this week's workplace racism broadcast. <sighs> you were correct. My racist manager did not like me asking my team members to not put meetings in my diary when there's already one scheduled or asking her to clarify the confusing emails she sent me last week. She did what racists do and retaliated, sending emails not in the online chat that disappears, asking me to clarify meetings I scheduled. I put the information in the invite, which I'm sure she read. She also pretended not to understand the emails I sent her. It's actually quite pathetic. Racist. She eventually got bored and decided to practice racism in other ways. I mentioned the white female who recently returned to work after a year's leave due to not having anywhere to live. My racist manager revealed that the white female had actually been away for a few years. White welfare. Didn't I just say that? Like the quiet quitting. That is the system of white supremacy through and through. Like absolutely they work really hard to mistreat the nigra and to make sure they can do so forever but I mean in terms of all this meritocracy and we get on the job and please please I'm gonna spend a good two hours of my day drinking coffee I'm gonna get on here and make some gifts about some of the negro co-workers around here we're gonna swap some racist jokes and don't let me have a nicotine habit might have to do four hours of us hanging out and doing nigger jokes and do you heard that one about the and then yes yes again let me get one you you heard that one about the niggers <laughs> all right we go back in and we'll come back and do it again in 15 minutes what does it mean to be white lazy 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 about everything but mistreating niggers so she hung out at home for a year. I mentioned the non-white black female who allegedly reports to me and my racist manager had suggested I was basically not up to the standard of her former very posh white racist suspect manager. This is because I had not sat down with the non-white black female to discuss ways of working like the white woman did when they first started working together. This week's divisional meeting included an exercise on ways of working. We were split into groups to talk about how we individually like to work. To be followed up with everyone completing a 
user guide to how we like to work. Surprise, surprise, I was put into a pre-arranged discussion group with the non-white black female who allegedly reports to me another racist suspect white female who is in the same team and us and the non-white black female's former racist suspect very posh white manager they proceeded to have a discussion about not how they individually like to work the exercise but about how they worked together the very posh white woman talked about how she informed the non-white black female about how she liked to work the non-white female concurred and followed up with the fact that the very posh white woman spent time observing how she worked and then spoke with her about it the very posh white woman later mentioned how informed by her knowledge of employment law she avoided writing down feedback hmm that right there seems like we're trying to why would i avoid giving you written feedback are you expected to have like a photographic what is this what is that uh mission impossible my man tom cruise they can't even write down the instructions. They do the assignment and they write it and say, okay, you go over here, you kill him, you have sex with a woman and blah, 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 come back to headquarters. Okay, uh, got it all right, okay. And the message will explode in 30 seconds. Pow! What the world? What kind of job is this? Come on. Uh, let's see. Now, if I did not know better, I would say this was set up by my racist manager in conjunction with the very posh white woman and the non-white black female who allegedly reports to me. I'm being sarcastic. Of course, it was a setup. I said very little, but enough to ensure I'm not accused of not participating. I believe the other racist suspect female in my team was also there to spy. Of course she was. Un unjust networking. I knew the session was going to be trying, so I prepared myself mentally. That is so important. That is underrated. Oh, the plane is going over. Flip the plane. Pluses and minuses, I guess, of being at the beach. To be inside, quiet, sanitized environment. Sit at the beach, watch the sunset have the occasional plane go over by overhead anyway um, preparing yourself mentally for the workplace is I mean it's critical that's I just said uh, composure I, in my view when you prepare yourself mentally it's so much easier to kind of keep your composure because you are not stunned when these type of things happen you're not sitting there grinding your teeth and digging your heels into the ground and balling your fists up and ready to curse everybody out there and you know they can see the the kind of uh, perspiration forming on your forehead and what have you like nope I already knew they were going to do that like everybody the non-white people the white people incidentally this right here is what I mean she's been talking to us about this for a long time she's never said that the person that's reporting to her is a Latina a Latino Latin ex she said this black female sabotaging me all the way 
that's what we have either that's true or it's not now we can sit around here and pretend that they don't like us who is the us again who I know you don't mean all black people like really anyway the mental preparation I think these things I know these things are going to happen all of it nigga looking monkey I know that was going to happen nigga killer I know that was going to happen we're on a plantation what am I going to do I get my five minutes my breaths I said even you can have you can listen to Dr. Welsing on your way to work Mr. Fuller, Amos Wilson, whoever, you know, saying something constructive. You listen to music that's calming. Maybe that doesn't even have words. They got the ambient sound, right? Water, rain, the beach, right? Nothing. Take some time. Just do some deep breaths. Do some chants. Think of Dr. Welsing. Think of, you know, maybe some ancestors, family members, your children inspiration you know what am I trying to do this for produce justice so my children don't have to endure all this right on get you in a correct space so that all right this is where I want to be mentally even see yourself how do I want to respond this is my code so if I'm called a nigger this is what I do this is what I say this is what I don't do they call me a nigger looking monkey okay say that again I pull out my recorder bam date time who said it boom 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 all that nigger killers written in the bathroom get my phone bam get the picture date time all that boom 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 this is what I'm gonna do Getting yourself prepared mentally is one of the most important things that we can do from a counter-racist perspective. Whatever that means to you, whatever your ritual, we'll call it, is. Uh, let's see, I also made the excuse that my Wi-Fi was poor at the start so that I could keep my camera off. Now, come on. Now, some people might say that, hey, she told a lie. Her Wi-Fi was not off. She lied. We talked about that before. For some people, deception is a part of their code for the workplace to protect myself. Hey, if I can come in here and use a little deception, oh, my Wi-Fi isn't cooperating. I'm going to have to not have my camera. Sorry, but I'm with you in spirit, ladies and gentlemen. I'm listening. I'm right here. Emojis all the way. Hand up. Woo. Even give them the fist. Black power fist. I'm right here with you. Right on, brothers and sisters. Let's proceed. I don't want to be on camera. <laughs> we talked. We talked about that, man. We got the code. You got. You're gonna be on Zoom and all that. You get to to be hybrid, and you get to work from home all the time, or some of the time, or whatever it is. You have to come in the office. I don't want to be on camera. I'm good, <laughs> like, man. If I can use whatever, you know, I'm right here, and that works for the day. Let's roll. They don't need to be all nosy and smile. What, what, what book is that? What book is that? What you got on the wall? Can you see what that? Zoom in on the side. Let's see what you got. Yeah, 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 yeah. She continues, let's see, that way I could pull as many faces as I liked and they would not be able to see my annoyance. This is also, this also allowed me to watch their facial reactions. It's sickening how white identified the non-white female is. The look on her face was something to behold every time the very posh white woman spoke. It was as though the non-white black female was hearing directly from God. I was so repulsed. Hey, they have set themselves, they being racist man, racist woman, racist child. They have set themselves up as God. My man, my man Joey 22, he said, Joseph Christopher, you know, JC, like Jesus Christ. 
wait till we we haven't we just got started with ronald dominic and we're gonna be done quick hit it and quit it ronald dominic said i was riding around in the car with a black male that i had raped and killed i pulled up next to a police officer that's just like jeffrey Dahmer, who was raping and killing black males too but he said dominic he said i rolled up i pulled up next to a police officer and i had a nigger male in the back probably a nigger child in the back that i had raped and killed i felt like god And went on to rape and kill some more black males, children. God. The religion of white supremacy, racism. Incidentally, for many newer listeners, that term white identified, it just all non-white people, Gusty included, are white identified. It just means it's just to degrees, right? We're trying to minimize that as we become less confused, more informed about white supremacy, racism, increase our black self-respect. But being white identified, we see the world as racists see the world. We see ourselves, other non-white people, as white supremacists view us. We do not view racists as enemies. We view white people as our friends, gods. They will humanize us. We want them to hang out with us and laugh at all their jokes. As she said, oh, she's so funny and posh and great. Why don't you be like her? You old no count nigra, that type of thing. And conversely, we see negras, negras. Increase in black self-respect, decrease in white identification. She wraps it up. Carrie Shiftless mentioned already. Oh, she said she's not supposed to be mentioned. My fault. Returned to work on Monday after a week on leave. She's doing the quiet quitting too. Someone asked her how things were going to which she replied really well. Usually I find it quite traumatic when I return from leave, but it's not been bad at all. Over promoted, incompetent, trifling, lazy heifer. She's quiet quitting. You left out that. That's what it is. She's quiet quitting. <laughs> Much obliged, uh, our female listener. There was one. Oh, I explained the white, uh, yeah, white identified. That was what I was going to play. But yeah, uh, that right there. See, she didn't say it's been a Latina, Latino, Latinx sabotaging her. Nobody likes anybody. White people don't even like other white people in the system of racism. Just keep going to produce justice. Number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Folks have their own situation. Thoughts on what we've heard thus far. How they deal with so-called Latinas. So-called in the workplace uh if you are with us line should be open proceed uh young academic already mentioned uh and our caller at the courthouse in florida also with us greetings callers and listeners and gus the host can i be heard yes sir black men can't teach i won't return to the classroom because i fear white woman doesn't put me in a safe situation i now commute 30, three hours and 30 minutes daily. I'm a government employee. It took me seven months to acquire this job. Thank you, uh, Kyle's listeners and callers for your helpful for suggestions that I have gotten from the archive. Still on the plantation, of course. Mr. Renegade, thank you for your program. I do not know where I would be without the context of white supremacy program. You have the number one yoga retreats in the world. I would, su I would not suggest 
this or repeat this. My first day of work, uh, I, I hinted at racism, white supremacy with a non-white uh, Hispanic woman, whatever that is, identify as a non-white black male. She said she understood my plight, felt sorry that I'm leaving the teaching uh, profession forever. Things going great, as you know, white people don't work when they are at work and they pretend to work. My first manager was hands off, barely said two words to me, left me alone to figure things out. I'm the youngest person at my job. All are in their late 40s to 70s. Uh, I work with a non-white Dominican worker who I was hired with informed me that she was a former manager who was left handling all of the tasks with a full roster of employees who do nothing. She decided to take leave and take a pay cut to take this job. Things were great until I noticed that she would try to rush and learn things before me and then teach, teach me these new procedures. As she would teach me, she would progressively insult me, even though I was attempting a new workplace procedure for the first time. She would say things like, come on, you got to be smarter than that. Come on, young academic, you used to lead a whole classroom. You can't do this. When uh, this would happen, I would first be very defensive by saying that I have a different, different types of learners in my classroom, and I would simply say that I, I learn differently. And uh, as a teacher, I wouldn't expect my students to get things right off the uh, first time. She would stand over me, and that's when I decided to respond to her by asking her, not to stand over me while while this was going on the uh, our new bosses weren't even around she's constantly uh used to microaggressions commonplace daily verbal environment and uh, environmental slights such as uh we would go on microsoft teams which is a legal document and she would ask me questions she already knows the answers to just just as i noticed this pattern it would frustrate me one thing I love about the yoga retreats is that I met some very phenomenal people. And when I ran, run into workplace problems, it is so great that I, that I can reach out to Nam Crimson grad and he offers me helpful suggestions. He suggested that I ignore the problem and note that, that this woman was being subversive because she would constantly interrupt me, prohibiting me from completing my job to answer senseless questions or brag about work she has already completed. And oftentimes when I talk to people, especially white people, I, they automatically assume I'm upset and tell me to calm down. I'm, I'm a big black angry man, of course. I guess I'm supposed to always be angry. Now, when I was at the yoga retreats practicing uh, yoga, I was introduced to Neely Fuller Jr. recordings because uh, Gus played them as we practiced. They were very calming. Uh, also listened to... Uh, I listened to a very early workplace racism episode, and it was suggested that I always keep one ear pod in my ear and have whites think that I'm not listening. I did this. Mr. Fuller suggested that uh, I want to produce uh, constructive results. I did this so I wouldn't have to respond to the, to, to the uh, non-white Dominican identified female every time she thought out loud or asked me senseless questions. I became, in other words, a calm, quiet Negro. As I observed, she would do the same thing to other non-white employees from other islands 
We sit in booths and I could see my colleagues roll their eyes and get very angry. This morning, I suggested to one of my colleagues that she did this, that effective communication produces constructive results. I suggested that when the uh, non, I suggested this when the, when the non-Hispanic female, when the, when the Hispanic female began with her shenanigans, the non-white female who I suggested this to, instead of getting angry, she asked the other colleague, why does she always ask questions with no answers and send unnecessary messages? She stated that uh, respect is due to everyone on the team and we ask questions to get answers. As the year moves on and the pace picks up, we need to uh, practice respecting our coworkers' time and effort as our own. This seemed to solve the problem immediately. Thank you, Gus and Mr. Fuller. I had another incident in which I moved to a new team. They hired uh, a new, uh, new white manager who uh, sat around and pretended to look busy as I began to ask questions, I realized that these new uh, managers didn't know how to do anything. One white male kept suggesting nonsensical things to do to save money, but would be highly illegal and goes against official workplace policy and procedure. His idea was shot down three times by other managers, and still he suggested that we employees do the extra work and calculate the illegal cost savings. I pretended to be a clueless Negro and act like I was confused. From observation, I have learned that when non-white black people don't look confused and seem like they have their work in order, white women seem to bother me. That's exactly what this white woman who's clueless, who the clueless manager did. I had worked it out with my coworker that I would let him spend the next 15 minutes for him to finish his lunch and I would, uh, later assist him, but in the time being, I would stop. Workplace racism teaches me to become very familiar with workplace policy and procedure. Mine states that uh, whenever I have downtime, I should keep the storeroom stocked. I did this, and the white lady manager came up from behind me and suggested that I was working on a non-important task. Instead of responding, and getting blamed for raising my voice at a white woman, I calmly went up to my coworker who was eating his lunch at his desk and asked him if he was finished with his lunch. He told me to give him a few more minutes, so I went back to stocking because that's what policy and procedure states. After listening to the cows for many years, I have learned that this could, this could come back and produce negative results. So I decided to document this and send out an email further clarifying my uncertainty over policy and procedure and how what I was doing was not considered a priority when policy and procedure states otherwise. As I, as I uh, wrote this up, this email up, the white woman ran up from behind me and began to read it and begged me not to send it out. She suggested we could talk about it. I looked her directly in the eyes and hit send anyway. The result of this action was that they immediately scheduled an emergency meeting in which they told me I was following policy and procedure. However, next time when I pose a question, make sure I only send it to my immediate manager and not other coworkers in the office. 
that's all I have for now. Thank you, Mr. Renegade. Policy and procedure. Love it. If I can ask one quick question, sir, you said uh, kind of at the beginning when you were sharing with us, you said that when you started your new uh, government job, got a government employee here, um, that you were talking with another employee and you uh, hinted at racism. And she said, I understand your plight. Can you give us some context for how did you hint at racism? How did this come up? Was this, did you say this was like a, yeah, was this something you would do again? Or is this, you feel like this is okay? This was not a problem. We were talking about, we were talking about uh, teaching and my effort to become a teacher and how I basically had just given up and I was just trying something new. And I was explaining to her the, uh, all of the things I went through with just the uh, testing and uh, being uh, oftentimes just being preyed on from a white woman. I didn't go into depth about being preyed on by white by white women, but I just hinted at it and I just stopped there. But uh, I wish I never did that because I didn't know that I would have later on have problems out of this particular uh, employee. I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah, I would. I'm a big advocate of no talking about racism, hinting about racism with anybody, white people, non-white people, black people who have uh, eight great grandparents who are all classified as black and were all born in South Carolina. Like even then. Uh, we had our mommy in Virginia. She said she went to a dinner with her friends. Black female said that black fella came in there and talked about racism on a job interview and they didn't even give him the job. Like he was he was set the all of the white people, in fact, they were gonna hire him. And I think he might have been one of them black people, you know, no coal uh traitors come in here born outside the US. They were going to hire him, the white people and the black females. Oh, no, he came in here uh, talking about all this racism, you know, black diaspora stuff. Yeah, you, you know, get him on out of here. And that's what they did. I've never, 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 never heard anybody who talks about racism with white people or non-white people in a work setting where something constructive happens. Like just, yeah, so many non-white people are confused. And matter of fact, the article that I'm looking at. Right now, a cow's listener uh, sent it to me. Forget quiet quitting. Employers are doing shocking things to monitor your productivity. And they got tapping the phone calls, tracking mouse movements, recording keystrokes, Alexa, all this other stuff. So, I mean, even Ian, I've said this for years, too. Even if, let's say that this black feet were this coworker. Let's say she says what? Have you read Neely Fuller Jr.? Because he talks about this exact thing. Like, oh my gosh, like that's amazing. Yeah, that could have been the case where she agrees totally and is a counter racist scientist in training herself. Man, someone else could have overheard and all this is just, I've never seen where it's anything constructive. Normally it's not going to be that they're going to say, oh yeah, and I agree. And white supremacy racism is a big problem and all the rest of it is normally going to be, you know, mm, got to keep an eye on this Negro. Hmm. What do you mean he has problems with white women? Hmm. They might be white identified. You should assume that they're probably white identified. 
What do you mean? Why is he? You don't like white women? I think somebody said that. They said that they uh, kind of made some sort of statement or comment that suggested that they did not do swirling. They didn't date white women, so-called. And someone spoke up. Really, what? You you don't date white women? Did you hear? He doesn't date. Anywho, uh, let's see. He said uh, the loafing white person heard that so much. I uh, said they he gets the so-called Dominican individual non-white who's going to do the training. We talked about that today and it talked about that many, many times uh, that she will go and, and train him. Put that in quotes like, oh, man, aren't you smarter than that? Oh, man, aren't you getting all that to me now? Is that correct training? Didn't I just say now? Hey, that's standard. I mean, that's high on the list. We get a nigra. Do not train them well. Lead things out or come in and be degrading. And de- training you, if you already knew this, you wouldn't be training. Take your time. What do I, I end the program talking about being patient? That is what you are supposed to be as a trainer, educator. Ask any questions. Do you need any help? Maybe if you're struggling, this reflects on my ability as a trainer. Maybe that's not even my intention to begin with. I'm just here to berate and degrade. Now, you can contrast that when we've had other people who have talked about white people being trained. Psh, that didn't happen. We've even had where folks have said, now this, you know, uh, Rebecca will need to hold her hand a little bit. You know, she needs a little extra guidance. So we'll be patient with Rebecca, that sort of thing. Which is it's training. That's why they call it training. You're learning. Not, mm, I thought you were a teacher. My goodness, they just let anybody up in front of the classroom. My goodness. Aren't you smarter than that? Oh, my God. How many times do you need to do that? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. She bragged. There's that word. We've heard that one so many times. That's come up this year and been contested, too. Bragged about her accomplishment. I don't even know what that's for in the workplace. I'm going to go around to my co Hey, did you see what my productivity rating was this week? Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. I'm going to report side that. How many did you get done this week? Five. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. See what I got? See what that? See? See? Are you serious? Now, that's one I would even observe now. Do they go around and do this to the white people? Or is this just the non-white people that they go around to interrupt waste my time and as you are oh wow yes you, you are kill you are just making the rest of us look like no count worthless shiftless coons wow that's what we got to do that everybody wow you are the greatest employee ever my goodness wow i wish i'm gonna get myself together i, I am the worthless nigger ever man we got to do that every five minutes really and then, like i said now i'm gonna watch does she go around and do that to the white people or it's just the dark people wherever they happen to be, whatever island, whatever, long as they got some color. Acknowledge my greatness, Coon. <laughs> hey, really? Let's see. Oh, and then when you got talking now, not training black people. Negros are angry. You've heard that from multiple people that have called in just right today. They said that about non Clemson grads. Some of the other. Oh, man, you're so angry. Oh, look like you're getting upset oh man the black african tons of folks oh angry look like you're getting upset so angry. i didn't even say anything 
What are you talking about? That's why I said composure, having mentality that I already know they're going to call me a nigger. They're going to insist that I'm angry. I already know these things are going to happen. I'm not going to get angry. Yes, angry nigger. I expected that. Hmm? And this is how I respond to that. If you say, might not even be any need to say anything. Just, mm hmm. And move on. Might write that one down. It's angry nigger. Mm -hmm. Write that down. Uh, he said, uh, speaking of write it down, now he said, we get to, or even before we get to that, he said that with all the angry, correct frame of mind, the sound clip that he was referencing that we heard from Mr. Fuller at the retreats, he was talking about just take some deep breaths. It wasn't anything, you know, radical, requires a whole lot of money. You got to spend a whole lot of time and energy. Just stop. Close your eyes. Three, four minutes. Deep inhale. Deep exhale. Slow things down. Process. Use logic figure out what is the best way to respond solve problems without creating new problems especially at work even when you are accused of being no count and shiftless and angry and all the rest of it now he takes some deep breaths calm down hmm I'll do the earbud the single earbud and he calms some of that down they assume oh Nicholas listen to his jigaboo music or whatever we'll leave him alone right now you might not even be listening to anything might be listening to anything for the junior who knows but the one earbud so that you can still hear them because these sort of folks they, they might sneak up on you to brag might sneak up on you to mistreat we don't know you want to be mindful about what's happening around you so you don't have even with the one earbud the volume's never up super high and then boom the other ear available I'm being mindful I'm listening to what's happening around me might even be gossiping about me thinking that I'm not paying attention uh, let's see more lazy white people you said the white uh, fellow who comes in pretends to look busy gets to be incompetent and what have you give out suggestions to violate policy and procedure these are government employees for real can you imagine a black person who gets to do that come in and make all these uh <laughs> invalid suggestions repeatedly apparently get to pretend like like come on come on super important in all of that to having people because that's so common violating policy and procedure we have all the time people will come and this comes in a lot of varieties they'll come white people on a job will come and encourage you to do something that is in violation of policy and procedure or they come with the accusations I'm supposed to meet with this white guy. He's doing lunch or whatever. We'll, you know, rendezvous in 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever. Okay. I go, I, and as opposed to now, I could have sat around here and did what the white man did pretend, make it look like I'm, you know, got my Amazon wish list here. Get this. You know, oh, I'm looking, I'm working. Yeah, I got my judgment, got my sheet right here, spreadsheet right here. And then, yeah, mm -hmm, get the, I could have done that, but no, I'm actually going to go and do something. Come, what are you doing? That is not what you're supposed to be doing right now. Who told you? They love that. That is that right there. What it means to be white. To have some white person just come over and 
boss around this nigra and accuse falsely this nigra. You're not doing that. You're not supposed to be doing that. You got to keep an eye on these niggers. Oversee. I said that before. Every white person. That's how they're supposed to function as it relates to us, the folks that they say are niggers. That's how they're supposed to function. Come around. Crack the rip. What are you doing? Who told you to be over there? That's not what you get back over here. Same thing. That's one composure. You don't turn. Who are you talking to? Who do you think you could have done all that? Oh, is that maybe this is the case? Maybe I'm not supposed to be doing that. Let's see. Let's go send an email to get clarification about policy and procedure. Who should have a problem with that? That right there lets you know something when you do, you didn't say he was going, send an email. There's no count. Winch should be fired right now. He didn't say that. I'm just trying to get clarification on policy and procedure. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Who would have a problem with that? Why would they? Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't, we don't need to send that email. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we can just talk this through. Wait a minute now. <laughs> Why is that? Don't you want clarification too? Then we'll both know. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. You could be right. Don't you want to see? You didn't sound like that before. They could, even if he was doing something wrong, let's say that way. They could have just come. It's not like he's been working this job for 10 years. They could have just come. Hey, I don't think this is what we're doing right now. We're working on different project or whatever. You can check, double check or whatever to be sure. But this isn't what we're doing. Oh, okay, I'm still learning. No problem. Thanks for letting me. It's a way you could have done that too. Nah. Come to find out. Oh, nope. You were doing the correct thing. This white person in error. And that is so common. They love that. Come and boss a nigger around. Ah. Get over there. You're not supposed to be. What are you doing over here? Get away from around here. I love that. That's my pleasure. How you respond. How we respond to that one. Like I said, composure. You get your breath and Stay in the question lane. If I am in error. Oh, okay. Thank you for telling me. Won't do that again. Make sure that I'm doing this other task until it's time for the meeting. Incidentally, it's, you'll see a whole lot of that where it's a white person that's not even your supervisor. Might not even be on your team. But I'm white and you're a nigra. Might be a nigra born in Puerto Rico, nigra born in Argentina, nigras, nigras. I can boss you around. I'm a couple of you. What are you doing? Put that pen down. Get to work. Shut up. Work fat. <laughs> Negras. Incidentally, I thought that was important as well. He said this non-white female Dominican. He didn't just say that she came over to brag, interrupt him, insult him, give him really ineffective training, really did not train him to mistrain him, sabotage him. He said she did that for all of the non-white people regardless of what island they were born in. 
I said at the beginning when I read that report about all these so-called Latinas dislike of Negras, I said nobody likes anybody. All of this is just about mistreat, 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 especially dark people. Mistreat, 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 have them mistreat each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what all this is about. You just want to neutralize that period in the workplace and to not be surprised about that. This is what white people promote all over the world and to have fun, call up and waste time with even the thought process about that. Look here, nigga. Look at what I did. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. And Mr. Fuller talked about that right there. The show offism, man, that would be my little side project. I'm doing my counter racism, making sure I'm not mistreated. I got my one earbud in. We check policy and procedure and all that. But we I'm going to be checking. Does she go around and do this bragging to white people? Because Fuller did say that generally we do not brag show off to white people. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Mr. Fuller's wrong on that one as well. Maybe she brags to all the white people about her productivity and workplace accomplishments too. Much obliged, uh, young academic. Bravo on policy and procedure. He said he looked or did that is black self-respect right there. Could have been oh, okay. I won't send it. My bad. My bad. Sorry. Let's let's sit on this. Oh. Let's clarify. Send. Let's see if I was wrong. Black self-respect. Bravo. Having composure. Sticking to your counter-racist code in the workplace. Bravo for uh, non-Clemson grad as well. Always great to have uh, black people uh, being supported. Victims of racism supporting uh, one another trying to offer some constructive suggestions to help them solve problems without creating new problems using logic. Always a big advocate of nor ignoring things where a response isn't even required. Let's see. Uh, Color in Florida should be with us as well. Other folks who are on the line, if they have suggestions, comments to add, should be with us also. May I be heard? Our caller at the courthouse. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to just the host, the listeners, and callers. Uh, I was thinking about the uh, the classification Latino um, down here where I'm at in the Florida area. I do hear that term used a lot. Uh, and I was thinking about a particular situation where we had our recent meeting and I, I could sense the tension. I guess I'll just start out that way. Um, and I, I'm combining it with the, uh, I guess I can say the, the disappointment of the, the, the main boss, white person, and 
the message that I received, I guess in general, and how he was disappointed and many people showing up to the meeting, uh, not being on time. But I made sure I was on time and I stood next to the <laughs> I stood next to the white people, you know, I do this experiment um, where I will stand in a certain spot, like next to where, you know, the white people are, you know, and they'll be making their uh, announcements and everything. And I just stand, <laughs> I just stand next to the, the chairs, you know, away from everybody. And, and it's where everybody can see me. And I'll just not react a lot of the time. Like, not to the birthday singing. Um, I'll just do a hand clapping. If it's a milestone, such and such, been here this many years, okay. Or was something done where we passed an audit for passports. You know, I'll clap for that. But I'll just stand there with my hand in my pocket, you know. And the white people, that's in charge. They'll they'll talk, but I can t I could tell like they will either be nervous and stumbling, um, like something was wrong, and the person that speaks Spanish and English, female, non-white, like I mentioned before, she'll help uh, engage in the I guess theatrics with his birthday senior, like, and, and it's very childish. And it was so tacky, uh, that they, they sung it the first time. And the second powerful white person, the war number two, I'll use that moniker. He, he didn't say nothing else. He just said, well, you know, first thing I have to say is, man, that was a, that was a poor birthday singer. We need such and such. And he named her. And uh, she even came in late. So she just came out just doing this dancing around. And it was, it was real tacky. Um, and they sung the birthday again. And I could tell he was upset, the, the main white man. Okay. Uh, and then I just learned from this, from the white woman that, she was, I think she was mainly speaking to two other people because I'm there before eight o'clock. I'm turning on the lights before everybody else get there. Uh, so she kept using this word flex that, well, I know you all are flex. And, you know, I, I was upset. I was hot. She said she was, at, she was uh, mad at the main boss. And, you know, she was showing her white entitlement, I think. Um, but I wanted to start out with that. Uh, to move into another portion where it, it reminded me of like how you, when you were mentioning um, how it can get into where people can, I don't know, I don't know if it's like show, showing off necess necessarily, but I would just mainly just focus on getting work done and doing my portion. And we have these log sheets and it's, it really goes by the numbers and the dates and how many films you do. So I had looked at like 10 films in like uh, a whole week. 
And that was more than the other two coworkers could do in like five months. So um, a white woman that I suspect is a white supremacist, uh, she was like, oh, wow, it's mainly just been on such and such. He's He's been doing the most the last couple of days. And the manager I have, a victim, every time she mentions something that I does, it'll conflate with everybody else that they aren't really contributing with. So I just don't really respond. Um, but I don't know. Maybe she could be manipulating that, the white person. Uh, I wanted to mention that. And I have, like, two more. Uh, I got a report from a victim where uh, this white man who thinks he is a supervisor, like I mentioned before, unprofessional, doesn't know how to talk to people, the, the same guy, uh, he was he, he was standing, holding, like, with his hands in his pocket, where these three black males were moving around. Well, they were uh, taking apart desks, and they were they were going to move them onto a truck. And it was like he was trying to delegate, I guess I'll use that word. Um, and the black male was like, <laughs> I heard he made a comment. I asked the question because this was a supervisor in archives, a black male asking him, well, do you want to do this? I could put this down and you can do it. And the white man walked away because they used to work together. So they will talk to each other like that, you know. Um, but that dynamic was being displayed where a white person uh, wants to tell a black person what to do and they don't even have anything to do with the person. Like, this is an actual supervisor from another building. Uh, so when he made that comment, a white man and uh, a white woman that's a part of the click game, she just said, ooh, and then walked back into the um, the cashier office. Um, and I have another one where there was a victim, I'll, I'll just call him the victim of racism, where, you know, he blamed me for the stain on the ground and I had on a mask that day. So he said, he, he said, he looked at me and blamed me because I am a male. I'm a guy, but I'm like, well, you know, I'm still a black person. So, um, but anyways, this same guy walked through the hall and he spoke to everyone and we still speak to each other, you know, I wave. I said, Hey, he said, Hey, um, and he, I think walked to the back of the office to to take a look at a plant because I guess he has an interest in plants, okay? And, you know, where they're being properly watered and everything like that. So he walked out. And then about five minutes later, uh, he comes back with this serious look on his face. Um, I'm like, okay. So he walks up to the, to the white woman in the room, only white person, right? And he asks, 
did I speak to you? And she says, no. And she said it like boldly. Uh, she was adamant, you know, like she wanted him to, to suffer, you know, like, how dare you not speak to me? Um, so it's like, oh, I'm just so sorry. I apologize. You know, now this same person blamed me for the stain on the ground. I didn't, you know, and we, and we spoke to each other, but, you know, he went over and physically put his arm around the white female, white woman. And she says, don't let it happen again. You know, but see, they love to, they love to be smiling and stuff and they're good and skillful at saying that I'm just joking, but they're not like, I don't perceive it that way. Um, you know, I wanted to share that because, you know, I think she just, you, she, she know what it means to be white. I just, I say that as well to, to take control like that. And I just, I didn't really say anything. I didn't react. I just stayed just typing on the computer, you know? And when I heard her say that, you know, that was showing, um, power, white supremacy. And he just pretty much just walked out, you know, he acknowledged that he didn't speak to the white person. And she said, no, you didn't. Don't let it happen again. You know? So, yeah, I wanted to share those uh, observations. Um, and when it comes to the stain on the carpet, that like it was an email sent, and I just wanted to say this real quick. The supervisor, the white woman, uh, another high-ranking clique member, she described the stain on the ground in our area, the segregated area, is dirty and unsightly. So I wanted to report that, and that's all I have to say. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Hmm. Dirty and unsightly. Hmm. You mean the people in the segregated area or the stain or all of it? Like, wow. Dirty and unsightly. That is ghastly to have that in the courthouse my goodness and then you get blamed <laughs> my brother see he did it that's it right there he did it he did it <laughs> uh, woo, blackmail privilege let's see uh the uh now that right there is you know hey now how you know so i said at the very beginning i said now all of this it drastically reduces or discourages your motivation to be just happy and jipper about work and I'm going to go in and give it my all and work extra hours and all of that because of how I'm treated you know I'm thought of I broke the door and I stained the carpet and you know I'm the contagion and I'm the angry black dude and all of that okay <laughs> fine now when it's time to sing happy birthday eh, that's all that comes to mind like I still got to I stained the carpet, and yes, broke the door, yes, mm-hmm, all that, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, happy birthday, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how, how enthusiastic am I supposed to be about all of that? Mr. Fuller said that, we talked about that, he said, man, that's uh, visit number two, October 2009. Nothing makes a slave owner more 
suspicious, concerned than a grumpy slave. Now, if you had been the first one to break out the banjo and the party favors and happy birthday, do the jazzed up Stevie Wonder. Happy birthday. Woo! All right, let's do it. Man, that's our nigra. We're going to have to get him a pillow at his desk in the segregated area. He can work here forever. They do happy birthday. Mm -hmm. Happy birthday, Ted. That's, you're not going to clap? He's not, you see, he didn't, he's not singing. And so he didn't even really smile, really. I think he just got his hands in his pocket. Mm. Concerned. Mm. Got to keep, that's what I said. Got to keep an eye on that one. Doesn't do our celebrations, doesn't laugh at our jokes, just sits around here. Mm. Grim. Undertaker like. <laughs> Mortician, you know. Logical system of white supremacy. And I always say that always stands out when we are not the entertainment committee at work. That black the black fellow that he talked about, victim that comes in and, you know, you stain the carpet. That's it right there. <laughs> just joking, just joking, just joking gets along with everybody I'm sure they, everybody like he's the greatest you're just serious not joking around no I don't want you come with the, the can we put the balloon in? no I'm good I don't I don't need any balloons thank you are you sure we but I'm, I'm good thank you it's it's staff appreciate I'm, I'm good thank you mm. grumpy slaves always stick out said uh, now incidentally i will say with the whole birthday thing that he said the tackiness now they do the song and all of that and he said the white fella oh i'm disgusted with this y'all didn't have enough pep and flair i didn't even feel any spirit there she came in all that you do it again do it again like are you come on i'll smack you in the head with this cake like come on like man i'm and like for real for real i said I'm not a teenager. I'm all right with that. I'm not with the 21 forever. I'm not five. I did not come to work to have you all sing happy birthday to me. Are you going to bring out cupcakes? Are you serious? And put hats on? We'll all get together and blow on the candle, give each other cooties and the Rona and monkey pox. I'm not five. Like we're not in kindergarten. Like we got to come. Are we going to do this? Like how many times a year do we have to come out and sing? Are you serious? Come on, man. Let's grow up. We're not children. Uh, I could totally get it if we were five. If we were, you know, working with children. If you were bringing your daughter in and she was six. Oh, okay. We'll do the cupcakes and no problem. We're going to sing happy birthday to a 35-year-old. And then have the audacity for this racist to get upset about it. Do it again. You didn't do it right. Come on. Let's see. Uh, the comp now that right there. Black people being complimented in the workplace normally is we're angry being fired, really <laughs> or reprimanded, ridiculed. That's typically what it is. Not a black person being singled out and applauded for. Hey, competent employee right on. That's such a like, whoa. Whew. 
I can't believe it. Like, what? Are you serious? He said they come out and said, wow. He's done all the, the film reviews. Like, wow. It doesn't just get to be like, wow, right on. Way to go. In here, making us look good down in the segregated section. It's like, uh, rest of you lames aren't doing anything. He's doing everything. <laughs> like I said, it's such a rare thing for black people to be complimented, I guess. Even how to take it. Like, are we supposed to applaud? Is he not being fired? Or, hmm. I'm just back to work. I'm not even paying attention. And what I said before, white people get to be lame and lazy and shiftless. We're there working, doing more work than they do in months. They look at us. Mm, no count Negro won't even sing happy birthday with us. Same thing I said before, too. You can be competent and hardworking. Doesn't really matter. Negras is Negras. Uh, let's see. He said the the white uh, fella, I guess, thinks he's a supervisor, wants to be or whatever, even though he's unprofessional, doesn't know how to talk to people. The folks come in. If this is the fella, they come in and do the moving. Black fella is come in and moving things around or whatever. He's going, you know, move it over here. You can get the, get the dolly. Move it over here and all that. I said, that's what I said before. White people, they don't even have to. That's exactly what he said, too. They don't have to be your supervisor. You don't have to work in the same department. You don't even have to work together. You are a nigra. I'm supposed to boss you around. I'm supposed to tell you, you know, nigra, get over here and do it this way. Get over here and do it this way. You don't even have to ask any questions. I'm a white man. I'm boss. I always tell you what to do. You just shut up and listen. Any white person, really black self-respect for the black fella that hey 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 do you want to do this hey question lane how about that might not even be cows listener and you see the magic he asked them a question well you see the logic beg pardon <laughs> beg pardon we do not have negro magic here do you see the logic he asked the question do you want to do this you're the expert you're giving out orders what happened I'll see you later, Negro. <laughs> now we get back to work. I didn't have to curse him out. I didn't have to. Who are you talking to? You don't boss me around. You don't tell me what. One question. Would you like to do this? I guess that's a no. All right, fellas, we'll get back to it. Calm question and expecting this now I suspect I'm just guessing I don't know how long they've been doing uh, the moving or what have you but if they've been doing that for a while I suspect that they have encountered a lot of that white people who couldn't move a pencil but they are an ex oh my you're doing that all wrong you got to take that down put that down boy put that down right now you're doing it all wrong take it off the dolly and get strapped over here you niggers don't know nothing I am certain that sort of thing is all the time because that's how they talk to us it doesn't matter you could have if they had such a thing you could have a phd in furniture moving doesn't matter you're a negra i talk to you like you don't know anything that's what white i'm boss i don't even have to know what i'm talking about i'm boss at least as it relates to the negra you us 
expect that in the workplace too because there's so widespread all over the world widespread much obliged caller in Florida disgrace lots of folks keeping composure in these situations I love it though I don't even know who that fella is but he didn't turn around like I said he didn't turn around and smack him upside the head and curse him out and all of that one question young academic and really question you see that bam efficient that's what I'm, I'm not interested in any of those we got to have a long shouting and spit flying back and forth and sweating and I got to unbutton my collar and people jumping in to separate us and uh, one calmly asked question even can be via email problem solved that's what I like as few words as fine these aren't even the questions that we've heard they haven't been big paragraph long questions like 10 words even what is that do you want to do this six words problem solved that's what I like if we can do it in five let's do it in five our caller at uh 2899 with us as well. 2899. Hi, Gus. Uh, good evening um, to everyone listening. Um, I was listening to your commentary about the birthdays, and I couldn't help but uh, you got uh, made me uh, laugh um, because it's, you know, very true that when you are, um, you know, like serious or, you know, not playing along that they have a tendency to think you're plotting. Usually it's a you're you're plotting some sort of like uprising on the plantation, but um, I just wanted to comment on the uh, story that you shared earlier about the uh, discrimination in California with the Hispanic population. I know where I am, um, lo- well, in North Texas area, there was a recent story of a Mexican American lady who um, I think she um, got into it with some. Uh, non-white, uh, the, the other people were actually Indian, but, um, I, you know, as you, basically she was telling them that they needed to go, you know, back to their country and, you know, how she was uh, a Mexican um, American. Um, and ultimately that confrontation, um, you know, how you tell us every night, you know, don't get into confrontations with people unless you are prepared to die or be killed. Uh, this particular lady, she actually uh, pulled a weapon on these uh, three uh, females. So um, I just wanted to kind of share that. It just kind of seems like um, because the Hispanic population is is growing, it seems like they're, um, I guess, kind of becoming the uh, honorary um, white supremacist um, in a way, uh, because the way this lady spoke, you know, she, you know, said she was Mexican, you know, American, and uh, she was very, uh, you know, um, you know, pro-white. Uh, I just wanted to just share that information because I thought it was kind of similar to the story you, you know, shared um, earlier. And that I'll, I'll mute my line. I just wanted to, you know, add that information to the show. Thank you. Much obliged, uh, our caller. Uh, Two eight nine nine. Did that happen? I guess that did happen. Somebody else 
switchboard uh, got me a little bit. I will say, man, oh man, it is a bummer every time. Like I would almost put the sound effect in if I had it. I didn't. I wasn't prepared for that one, but I should have been. Uh, every matter of fact, the context that conversation, the audio clip that we heard from Mr. Fuller, way back, I guess an hour or so ago, was from 2013. It was during all the hubbub about George Zimmerman, the term that we just heard. Wow, the word usage spiked then, honorary white. I don't remember how many times we have read that term on the program, but once again, that is in the word guide, a term that Mr. Fuller recommends that we avoid using. Once again, honorary white is not a racial classification same thing with latina that is so important and we have failed something about that is is not happening correctly i don't know if we need to do a, a whole program on that or that one is uh, just super powerful but there's no such thing as honorary white it is white non-white really i said it's racist non-white all of the non-white people are pro-white. I've been using the synonym white identified. That's all of us. It's just to, you know, varying degrees. We investigate and are honest enough about our behavior and how we've been brain trashed. But that term just produces more confusion and was coined by our friends, racist man, racist woman, racist child. If these honorary white people were white, they would just be white. The classification, at least for me, is not even three. It's just two. White, which is white supremacist, non-white, victim of racism. That's all we got. Even if we just go solid with what Mr. Fuller says, if you go with that, fine. It would be non-white, white, white supremacist. Honorary white is not there. Latino is not there. Hispanic is not there. All of that is just producing more confusion in the word God, it's in the archive we've read that so many times and it's lengthy as well honorary white a term that should never be used even folks can think about that again so if honorary white and white were the same why would we even need that term honorary white we could just call them white the caller victim in New Jersey uh, did you have commentary victim in New Jersey um, yeah Gus um, yes, I, I just wanted to uh, comment on the uh, the Hispanics who were discriminating against uh, black people. Um, here in the Northeast, um, it's a large uh, Hispanic uh, population and workforce, um, Mexican workforce, um, especially like some some of the places. And then again, I don't really want to classify everybody as Mexican because some are from other um, countries, um, um, Ecuador, Mexico, you know, South America. Um, you know, from my observation, most of the time, I've really never seen uh, the so-called Hispanic uh, and where I work in any kind of like real positions of power. Um, but I do notice a... Um, a very just kind of like um, off to themselves kind of um, 
um, they keep to themselves. You know, um, I even had a coworker who was working because uh, they had different departments in this particular uh, business I work for. So he worked in the uh, this company also cuts his own meat, so it has a whole butcher section. And um, and basically, you know, um, a lot of the Hispanics were not too um, helpful. Um, also, um, another black male um, was working in a warehouse, and he got, you know, kind of friendly with a few of the Hispanics, and another Hispanic uh, guy pulled the other Hispanic guy to the side and told him, like, you know, basically, like, you know, we don't really, you know, we we really don't converse with them like that. Talking about black people. Um, so, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of like processing, um, um, you know, non non white Hispanics, black people relations as far as it goes in the workplace. Um, a lot of times. Um, because I'm, you know, I'm on a workplace and I'm codified, so I'm just strictly business. But I can't help but to notice um, the anti-blackness that does come from the Hispanic uh, co, uh, you know, Hispanic coworkers. Um, I just remember one time I was making a delivery, and it was um, some Hispanic guys, and it was one African guy working there. So when I walked into the uh, establishment and the Hispanics was joking with the guy and um, he can do what he wants, but me personally, my code, I'm not joking at work, but they were joking about his skin complexion. And when I came in, they said, oh, your, your brother, your brother, black, 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 African, African. So, you know, I'm just like, what do you want this delivery and can you sign this paper so I can get out of here? Um, so I don't really know what the future holds as it relates to Hispanic black relations, but just like black and white relations, it's tacky. You know what I'm saying? Every, I mean, from, from every, from what I see, it's very tacky. You know, um, I understand that, you know, the people that's coming from South America and other um, Latin nations, you know, who am I? I'm Paul. So you can come here for a better life. Um, you know, you got to do what you have to do. But, however, I'm, I just really don't, we black people are going to have to also create a code as it relates to uh, non-white um, Hispanic. That's just my observation. Hmm. Much obliged our victim in New Jersey. I'm just for my own memory's sake. Was it you who talked to us about having the, the fellow on the job? You all somehow drifted into talking about uh, politics uh, not exactly being codified, talking about things that were not related to the workplace and ended up having some conflict. Did that happen? Yeah, that was the uh, Jamaican co-worker. Correct. Oh. It went off into, uh, uh, 
you know, some, you know, just some kind of like, you know, lazy black American talk. Yeah, it definitely went there. Now, and I said moving forward, I just kind of like uh, stopped any kind of um, contact with this particular person. And um, as I was hurt, when I was basically healing from uh, my injury, that same coworker got into a physical altercation with another black uh, coworker. Um, some name calling and, you know, basically arguing over um, what they would call their equipment, which belongs to the company. So, um, yeah, definitely, yeah. You said this was a Latino person that you all had this disagreement with born no. in Mexico? No, this was uh, Jamaican. Uh, Jamaican oh, black, Jamaican. Black okay. But yeah, you said the guy, guy that he got yeah, into a fight with yeah. over the equipment that the company owns. But this is mine, Negro. You put that down. No, you put it down. That's mine. You said the guy that all that happened with, that <laughs> was, was a, a Latino. He was also black. Oh, no, that was, dang. That, no, okay. that was a black guy. Dang. I'm not that okay. Was that was a black guy yeah, too. Okay. A black, uh, yeah. I was that was a black black supervisor. Correct. Black supervisor. Okay. Um, if, if you know, hang if, on one second. Hang on one second because like, we're almost we're post- almost at the end. Oh, hang on one second just because we're almost at the end. I'll see if we maybe have five seconds if you can make it short. But the point that I want to make with that, gotcha. my deliberate bad memory, that right there, nobody likes anybody when you're talking about the so-called latino and black relationships are tacky yep the white black relationship is tacky as you just demonstrated the black black relationship is tacky the black black relationship in jamaica is tacky and the white white relationship is tacky so since all of the relationships between people right now on the planet are tacky when we go to the workplace we have to think oh tackiness from everyone white non-white and you're exactly right we will need a code for all of that because you didn't say that you had a disagreement with a Latino, somebody who came over here, habla espanol. That's not what you said. You said it was a black person. Now we can, hey, he wasn't born in the state, so that's a whole nother one. See, all of us are not together either. But then he had some broad. Now, again, you can say that and all that. Hey, I've heard way too many where black people born in the U.S., we don't get along either. So, since all of the relationships are predictably tacky you just have to have a code even if it's no white people that doesn't mean these are my homies brothers friends none of it I don't care if they're non-white non-black people I don't care if they're black people because you never know where they were born and then even if they were born here and all eight of their grandparents were born here too they still might be a coon or they may think I'm a coon or both so We expect all of that going in and just work on replacing white supremacy with justice. And the main thing, the people that are responsible for all of this tackiness are classified as white. That is the thing that cannot be lost in 
any of this. <laughs> like That's why to me, it doesn't even make sense. Black so-called Hispanic or black Latino relations. It doesn't make sense. Some of the people who are classified as Hispanic are black. Lupita Nyong'o, she gets forgotten about all the time. Go back and watch 12 Years a Slave. But all the relationships are tacky. That's the main thing. And honorary white is in the word guide, Mr. Fuller, and I agree. Should not be used. Uh, let's see. We did our three hours, gotten everything I needed. Uh, I guess the caller in New Jersey, uh, can you get your comment in in like 10 seconds? No, I, w- I would just say um, you, you're, you're, you're correct. You, you're, you're definitely correct. Um, all, all the relationships are definitely, definitely um, tacky. And um, I'll just close by saying that's what my code is. Um, I respect everybody on the workplace. And um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't joke with anybody on the workplace, whether they're black, white, or Hispanic. We'll leave it there. Much obliged, good sir. Someone, oh, they called in and put a hand up all late. Uh, the caller at 2262. 10 seconds. We'll do the same thing. I can't believe that. Like, I kept looking at the switchboard like, did that happen? Like, where did all of this? We've been hanging out for three hours and they do the same thing. You have 10 seconds. 2262. 10 seconds. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Gus. Um, I apologize. I was working uh, late trying to compensate for the inflation. Um, I just wanted to uh, say my code is if these quote-unquote Latino person looks white, like mean blonde hair, blonde, blue eyes, blonde hair, pale skin, I just classify them as white. But that would be it. Thank you so much for taking my call. There we go. Again, Latino, Hispanic, that is not a racial classification. The question is, is this person white? non-white and then once we move from that about mistreatment really if mistreatment is happening really i mean yes i do want to know now is this a white person or a non-white person but we can just move to stopping the mistreatment mistreatment and mistreatment and there's lots of that from everybody that's what we got lots of really poor quality relationships worldwide anywho much obliged uh for folks uh tuning in hand up earlier next time always appreciate it we will be here tomorrow uh continue some of these same conversations hopefully honorary white we can revisit that as well uh normal time eight oh, excuse me, nine nine my bad nine p.m eastern six p.m pacific for the compensatory call-in we should be here on monday i cannot wait one of my favorite subject matters uh some of the, oh i cannot wait uh normal time for monday eight p.m eastern 5 p.m. Pacific. Man, we'll have to get more details about that later, but uh, we talk about it all the time. One of our, our favorite, 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 favorite topics uh, in the history of the cows. Anywho, much obliged for everyone who tuned in. Bravo, black self-respect for people uh, not responding, keeping their composure, asking questions. Sobriety would be best, especially in the workplace. Uh, not going to the bar, happy hour, and all of that. I think I said last week, like, you can just let it be known. I do not hang out in environments with alcohol or where it's being consumed. It's been a problem in my life where I'm just very serious about sobriety, and I take that super serious in my life. Who's going to have a problem with that? Plain again. There it goes. There it goes. Anywho, sobriety would be best 
unless you are prepared to kill and or die. Texas is open carry, I think. Exit. You are not getting into, you know, going back and forth and talking this and talking that. You have no idea what that person might have in their pocket, vehicle, glove compartment. Like, man, act like you have some sense. It's almost 2025. Uh, With that, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing up. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, no brother. Problem. You're a victim. Uh, I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Uh.